This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here. This is your main event, Mark's bonus podcast with a new theme song. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, Cat Dad, and I'm about to smack it down raw right in front of everybody. I am Troy, and with me as always is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the cane to my X-Pac. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? I don't have a voice box to do anything clever, so... The voice box. Well, oh, I, yeah. Okay. I, I for. Oh man, that's one of those eras of Kane where it's like, oh yeah, they did that. <laughs> I thought it made sense at the time. Uh, a bit, yeah. I was like, ah, okay, whatever. And then they were. I, I like how after a while they were like, nah, f it, drop it. Like we, we, we don't want to do it anymore. Like, okay, this guy's why? gonna be a politician one day, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, the devil's favorite libertarian, everybody. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was uh, something. But either way, ladies and gents, we're going back to... Uh, a way back machine. Yeah, this one is 1999. About to wrap up the decade of the 90s, which, I mean, you and I are a little Sad biased. Thing. but Yeah, we're a little biased. But I will say, I think it's uh, one of the greatest eras of all time or greatest decades of all time it, it was it was a simpler time everybody not just in wrestling i think it was the greatest era ever period yeah and back when the like, best times of my life were in the 90s and do you re- do you remember greg when being edgy was like possible nowadays and cool it's like, and okay yeah right back and not then, everyone got offended well nowadays being edgy is like uh you know giving an opinion that people don't like uh back in the 90s like the stuff that we that was considered edgy back then you can see it literally any award show or musical concert or anything like that nowadays like nobody gives a crap like oh yeah you're dressing like uh like like you're cross-dressing you're also trying to look like satan you're ripping up a bible on stage hey whatever that's old hat (laughs) like back in the 90s it was like oh my god we have to write news articles about this and trey stand alone yep uh, I, I, and again, like half the times, like they're just like making normal jokes. It's just like, ah, okay. Yeah, whatever. But it, it makes news articles now because counterculture is just like, uh, I don't know, not being weird nowadays or, you know, I don't know being more, if you're more traditional nowadays, that's considered being a uh, counterculture. So I don't know. Uh, the 90, the nineties were, were different, man. TV was different. TV is extremely different now. Life like, was you better. Can, yeah, that's true. You can get, I will say this about TV now, you can get crap-ass ratings, like in the toilet ratings, and you'll still get renewed for another season. 
if 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 enough people are at the at the top of a company are like, you know what, we need to keep this show. Who cares if anybody's watching it? We'll keep it going. And then well, when back they say, then it was a rarity. I know. Back like, then, I, think, I want to say Friends and Cheers, two of the biggest shows ever, stumbled out of the gate. People don't right. realize that. There were a lot of shows that like struggled. If if you were a good show back then, like you couldn't just be a good show. You had to be a great show to get multiple seasons. Got to win Emmys. Exactly. And I will say there were some things back then that was like you know like I, I don't know if you could do a Seinfeld nowadays and anybody would give a damn. Uh, just because it's like ah, eh, I don't know. It's like seen that you know been there done that seen it you know who cares. But back then, you could come up with some pretty simple concepts. Like, again, we love Friends, but let's be honest. Can you get a more simple concept than that? <laughs> it's, so there you go. And, and uh, it's one of the most watched shows in the history of television. Still being watched today. People, that, that, that's a selling point for things like HBO Max. Is, oh, still, you, you can get it's friends. still a billion-dollar streaming thing. Exactly. Uh, well, I say HBO Max, but by the time this airs, it is now officially just Max, which masterful name. But, you know, I, I got to applaud the people in their uh, in, in the uh, creative department there, at the Warner Brothers. But <laughs> well, your streaming service is an eight year old kid. Yeah, or or a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, uh, but today we're going to the basically the pilot for SmackDown. I was really shocked about how like. There were a few things on the show that were actually like pretty big at the time. So I was like, wow, I didn't realize this happened on the show. But most of the show is just like, ah, it's a regular weekly show. They didn't make it a huge thing where it was like, we're going to hit you with this and then this and then this. It was, wow. uh, just, <laughs> it was a couple things. Uh, to your point, he was still here. Mr. Vincent this was Russo. the catalyst of him leaving, right? Yep. Yeah, he did it one time, and then when they were like, ah, we're going to go consistent with it by August, he was like, bro, I need more money, bro. And uh, he was told, no, so we left. How do you, you can't really fault him for that. No, I mean... I thought I'd ever play advocate to that idiot, but it's true. Right. Well, you and I talked about, it's like, more work for the same amount of money. Uh, no, thanks. Like, I, I just, I, I don't... That's kind of why like I left that. my last show. Yeah. It, there's and, a bunch of reasons, but that was the thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. And and that's another thing, like a promotion without a raise is not really a promotion. It's just they changed your job title. So. Well, they'll, then they'll try to uh, get around it by thinking you're an idiot and thinking they can throw stuff on. Oh, we're going to uh, add responsibilities to you. Responsibilities equaling more physical work. Right. Yeah. And it's. Uh, it's or like when rest restaurants uh, raise their prices. It's no longer raising prices. It's price update. <laughs> right. And I hate the term quiet quitting that they've come up with now where they're like, where it's like, well, what is quiet quitting? Oh, it means you're, you're doing what you, the job titles that you were originally hired to do for the same amount of money. And you're not taking on more responsibilities for the same amount of money or less money. Oh, so I'm doing my job. Got it. Like in, in what world is that quote quiet quitting? But because America's education system is not exactly Japan. So they know they can get over the idiots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Hot takes today, everybody. But either way, uh, we are going to get into the very first ever SmackDown here for today's bonus show. And I, I'm actually excited to talk about this one. It's, uh, it's a moment in time, man. It's some, and, and like I said, some big things did happen on the show. Uh, top to bottom, it was kind of a... It, it's definitely a time capsule. I'll say that. But first... 
I do want to tell you all about the new sponsor to the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you'll feel cool while looking just as cool. These polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. I gotta ask, let's be honest, alright? Are your polos getting outdated and dingy? I know for a fact that mine are. I've wore them way too long and way too much. It's time to get new ones that'll make you stand out on the golf course. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now we're going to get into our first break. On the other end of this, when we're done telling you about you plug some, our homies yeah we're we're uh every single one of these breaks we're going to tell you about some other awesome podcasts that you can listen to two that you cannot hear promos for we we haven't gotten promos for them yet are uh who is it we're calling them out right close, now close personal friends of the show <laughs> uh jacob grandi who does curtain jerkin that you can hear on our youtube channel i think he's got more free time nowadays because he's doing like two shows a week now so if you all want to hear takes on current wrestling which greg and i don't usually do we're more evergreen classic stuff i do listen to his podcast though yeah uh go check him out you can obviously subscribe to him on youtube on our youtube channel it's at main event marks or you can uh find him wherever you download podcasts and where you're probably listening to us right now if you're not on youtube so uh just check out curtain jerkin no G at the end, so uh, and you'll find him. The other one is uh, Rasslin Addicts, R-A-S-S-L-I-N Addicts, and uh, he's he's a good friend of the show, and uh, we don't have a promo for him either, but he's also in the Belly Up Network, so uh, check him H, out. What's the dude? <laughs> uh, check check out that show. You can find him everywhere. You get your favorite podcast right here. Look him up, and again, he talks more current wrestling and stuff, too. He's a He's a Pretty fun follow on on Twitter. I keep up with him a lot and, and converse I with think him. I on talk the... to him like every time wrestling shows on. Yeah, he's uh he, he's he's fun to talk to. He's got some he's got some funny takes here and there. So, uh, like I said, good follow on Twitter at Rasslinatics and uh, yeah, look for his uh, look for those podcasts wherever you get your favorite shows, like this one right here. But on the other other end of this break, we're diving into the news and notes. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Get ready to rumble! 
in your new Main Event Marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event, Marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event, Marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg... He told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back if you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free you probably want the same out of your products are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee Coffee Brand Coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well at Coffee Brand Coffee. Their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. Getting into the news and notes, I will say, obviously you heard uh, I mentioned it in the intro, but we got a brand new intro for uh, the bonus show. I'm going to give a big shout out to, to Greg for uh, giving me some suggestions with that one. I think made uh, made the bonus show intro better. Uh, what is not new, though, is our news intro. So getting into it, we'll hit it right here. That is correct. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. And that is correct. I don't know why I love that last part. It just gets me. <laughs> Whenever I can, I throw in more Joe Pesci. Was that from uh, my cousin Vinny? It is. Okay. Uh, that was from 
uh, if anybody has not seen the movie, or if you have, and it's, why it's the from, hell haven't you? Exactly, I've seen it. Like, dude, it, they used to show it like once every other day on some channel, and my dad would watch it every time. And then I just ended up buying him the DVD. I'm like, here you go. You watch it whenever the hell you want. Uh, Marissa Tomei being in the movie also didn't hurt, but. Uh, but yeah, it's from the first part where he, he, like everything was going wrong. His first day of court, he gets like an old, old tux. That's the only suit he could find. And, <laughs> uh, he shows up late and the, the prosecution stands up and does their, their opening remarks. And he just stands up and, uh, <laughs> the only thing he says is everything that guy just said is bullshit. And then he just sits down. Uh, Dude, the cast of characters in that movie. It's the bad guy from Home Alone. It's uh, Daniel LaRusso. Uh, uh, Herman Munster. A. Herman Munster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Oh, Perry White from the Lois and Clark New Adventures of Superman. Uh, <laughs> it's just so much. Yeah, right. That movie Rachel's is... uh, ex or future or should be husband and friend. <laughs> she jumps. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, right. That's, dude, that, that's it's it's an awesome movie. If no, like I said, if nobody's seen My Cousin Vinny. Just freaking go look it up. Either way, getting into this though, Baby Boy Smith's condition has improved somewhat this week as his spinal infection was officially diagnosed as staph, and antibiotics finally start, started working. Oh, the late crack there. I forgot. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> Uh, I, well, I already cracked my, I've been drinking a monster since early this morning. So, uh, time differences, bro. Drinking C4 sugar-free energy. Oh, I see. It's like strawberry, uh, uh, starburst. It's really good. Nice. Uh, my go-to is monster or Red Bull. Or store my, special. <laughs> uh, my backup is usually like a rock star, but either way. Uh, but, uh, there's some concern over how much long-term damage was already done. Uh, Davy Boy Smith was also put into a full body cast due to spinal and vertebrae injuries believed to be from taking a bump on Warrior's Trap Door at last year's WCW Fall Brawl pay-per-view. <sighs> Stupid, man. Did, didn't we say yeah. in the middle of that event multiple, or multiple people were getting hurt from that? Yeah. Well, Conan he wasn't the only one. Yeah, Conan. Conan, uh, we got a story uh, coming up here in a minute about, or I, I think this is Of course one. we do. Maybe we already talked about it, about uh, Perry Saturn got very hurt on it as well. So yeah, it's uh, it, it was not not good. Believe me, not good. It, it's uh, what the hell was that thing made out of? Like plywood? I think I guess so, plywood yeah. wouldn't hurt him, but hard well, plywood. Yeah, it was made out. Of, I, I think it was made out of some kind of pretty pretty rough wood. So uh, giggity. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but seriously though, um, it's serious business. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's pretty effed up, man. Multiple people got severely injured off of this. But uh, continuing on with this, though, after the initial injury, he wrestled a couple of more matches, but the back pain was so bad he couldn't do anything. Smith was also losing a battle with a painkiller addiction before all of this started. His wife, said to be desperate to show how bad his habit was, took a bunch of pills and nearly overdosed and died to get his attention. That's a hell. Yeah. What if you did die? Then we have kids. Right. Whatever. Uh, Smith all the way live, mind you. Yeah, right. Uh, Smith checked himself into... 
Uh, Smith checked himself into rehab in December. Then his son broke his arm, and then his sister and mother both died from cancer just weeks apart from each other. Now he's dealing with all of these back yeah, issues that maybe end that may end up putting him in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. He also got fired by WCW. Oh, don't worry, that company's on its way out anyway. So, of course, he didn't know that at the time. But. Right. Well, let's let's go through this a little bit here. Unfortunately, he's not going to live much longer. He's going to die. Um, he does not end up in a wheelchair, but yeah, it's so freaking sad. He would have been the other bulldog to be put in a wheelchair, by the way. I mean, think about this. He's got this. First, he had a painkiller addiction. Then he kind of had a reason to be on painkillers after that because of uh, the spinal injury and staph infection. He's in and out of the hospital a lot. Then his wife does that stunt, taking all the pills and nearly dying to, quote unquote, get his attention. And then apparently Harry broke his arm. Uh, And then his sister and mom died from cancer just weeks apart from each other. And then he gets fired. Good God. Ironically, that's the least of all of his issues. I know, right? Sounds weird, but it's true. I I have never, like, obviously I'm, I'm not... Like people need to seek help if uh, you know they're they're thinking about this, and I've never can I, I would never condone anything like this. But like, if there is ever like a, a legitimate reason where somebody was thinking about committing suicide, like that's right up there, man. Like, I you definitely need to seek some some help at that point. Cause I I don't know how I would have dealt with it. Like, that's a lot. Like your mom and your sister dying. And then you're dealing with issues that could put you in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. Your career is, is pretty much over. You're dealing with addictions and whatever. You pissed off somebody, lot. huh? I'm not trying to be funny, but... Yeah, it's... Uh, man. But they talk about when it rains, it pours, man. It Like, no freaking kidding. When I was a kid, he was one of my absolute favorites. Oh, yeah, me too. I had a... Uh, Little uh, some of the first wrestling figures I ever got were those little uh, thumb wrestler things, and uh, very first one I ever had was Rowdy Roddy Piper. I got it at a yard sale, and then I got a two pack of Bulldog and Ken Shamrock. Those were like some of the first ones I ever had, and I think I had one of uh, Shawn Michaels too. I have I have the uh, Mattel Elite Bulldog front and center in my detolf right now. Nice. Yeah, I have a, uh, a Jax and a Mattel of, uh, of Bulldog. There's a, there's a Mattel threats. of this, the era Bulldog we're about to have in WWE coming out very soon. Yeah, and in, in the jeans. Yeah, I mean, they already have one as a basic, but this is going to be an elite, which I'm really stoked for. Didn't that one come in a two-pack with Boss Man? It did, yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty I, cool I almost two-pack. bought it because I wanted that. For some reason, I kept putting it off. Now I'm thinking it was the uh, it was Fig Fate. Stop. The elite's coming. Is that the only boss man, the SWAT outfit that was ever released? Uh, no, there's a, there's an elite too. Huh? I did not know that one. Uh, I knew they released, um, they, they released him in the, the black cop shirt, but I didn't know about the SWAT outfit. Wasn't that a chase in the black cop outfit? Yeah. The black yeah. cop. Outfit. Well, that's, that's actually the WCW version. Yeah. Right. The but boss. I, I did find that, which I was, <laughs> Happy about it. Cool. Twice actually, which is pretty cool. I have very f- uh, rares like that. Uh, twice. I have a Jacks figure of the the SWAT outfit Boss Man, and I have a the very first Mattel Elite of Boss Man in the cop outfit. And he came with like the the ball, or, like 
with the ball yeah. and chain and uh, a pair of I have the, and whatever. I have the re-release of that. Isn't he smiling there, like letting everybody know this is the baby-faced version? Yeah, but the art on the box is actually the old version because he's like kind of obese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He lost a lot of weight over his wrestling uh, career, if you noticed. Right. The Twin yeah, Towers I mean, is huge, man. Like, huge. Yep. Oh, yeah. Big. Come down a little bit when he became a base. He came back as oh. a SWAT boss, man. Good grief. Right. Well, you can see it uh, even, in our, even in our latest episodes where we're, where uh, Big Bubba's on there. It's like, he's not yeah, he's right. not quite so much Big Bubba anymore. I mean, he's a big dude to begin with, not, not just like weight-wise, but uh, yeah, he slimmed way down there. Uh, and then by the time he came back at, in the WWF, it's like, man, hardly freaking recognize him, man. When I found out like uh, on Raw that when that he was the guy under the mask, I'm like, what, really? Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. He used to be like 500 pounds. And I was like, what are you, 180, 200 maybe? Yeah. It's crazy. Right. But uh, on WCW's website on an audio show, Man, back wow, WCW was around long enough to have a website. Think about that. Yeah, I think it was was it WCWWrestling.com or some crap like I, I don't it was, but or as Tony Schiavone once said on it was on Nitro, WCW.wrestling.com. <laughs> My gosh, yeah, that that was back during that time where uh, like everybody always used to talk crap and it's like all oh, this online fad stuff, whatever. It's like, dude, like get with it, man. Like, even back then, you should have no- seen where this stuff was going. But all these old hats were like, oh, this isn't going to take off. Oh, what's that stupid Yahoo and Google crap? Oh, in their defense, Yahoo is pretty much dead now. It is, yeah, it is now. But <laughs> so they got that. <laughs> right. I remember when I first heard of Google and I was, like, resistant. Because, you know, you grew, that's another thing. You grew up in the 90s using the Internet at, at all. It's like it was Yahoo everything. And then Google took off and didn't look back and... Yahoo died, and like I was resistant at first. I'm like, no, nah, I'm sticking with Yahoo because that's what I know. And it's like, eh, if that I was stick my with first Yahoo. fantasy football Yahoo. Yeah, right. I think yeah, you and I were both in a Yahoo fantasy football league together at least once. But either way, uh, Eric Bischoff was on that show and was asked about firing Davy Boy Smith, and said that Smith wasn't working and hadn't kept in contact with the company, so they fired him. Davy Boy disputes that, saying that uh, he went into the. Ho- when he went into the hospital, WCW called him and wanted him to fly into Nitro in Toronto to cut a promo. He agreed, but the tickets never arrived, so he called the office and he was told that they would fly him out the next week to Nitro in Las Vegas instead. But before that could happen, he was hospitalized and then fired. Uh, Bischoff said that it was a tough decision, but he couldn't look, or but he could look himself in the mirror and know that he made the right call. Then the company got so much negative publicity for it that Bischoff has since said that Smith tw- uh, has since called Smith twice to apologize. Yeah, uh, you think he made this mistake enough where he would know not to do it anymore? Yeah. How many times have we heard stories about uh, oh, Bischoff fired somebody in a really crappy way? Austin, was it Austin was one of them, right? Austin and Waltman are the two that come to mind. Yeah, Waltman was my first one I thought of. Yeah, they were sitting at home injured and they get a fedex saying you're fired <laughs> good god man and another one if you believe this I, i've never heard anybody dispute it per se but uh sabu said he was watching a, sh- a show that he was supposed to be on but wasn't and uh they were like oh call into the hotline to see what you know uh see who was just recently released come to find out it was him <laughs> and he was like oh this is news to me so he decided to call the hotline for fun 
I guess so. I guess he wanted to call. It's like instead of paying them, because you know you had to call in and pay a a, a fee. Like so, you literally one ninety nine a minute, ninety nine cents every minute after, right? I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's like so you literally called in and paid them to find out if you were fired. Why didn't you call the office? I was like, hey, do I still have a job? Or like, what's going on here? <laughs> it's like that scene on Walking Dead with Negan. It's like I just slid my Johnson down your throat. You thanked me for it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> ah man. Uh, Hulk Hogan had arthroscopic knee surgery last week. It turns oh, out man, that the... stop me if you've heard this one before. <laughs> yeah, right. This is one of those stories. I, I feel like we have one of these. Um, not this either him or Nash. Story. Yeah, it's, it's not this particular story, but like it seems like once a podcast, there's a story that comes up to where we're like, man, this could be literally any time. Uh, this is one of them. But it turns out that the knee injury was legit, although it was fairly minor. And Hogan has been working with it for a long time. But he saw the writing on the wall with WCW and decided now would be a good time to get off of TV and get away from the sinking ratings. So yeah, go watch, ahead. uh, uh, was the spring stamp P 99, the fatal four way. He's hobbling around the whole match. Is that the archive? Sad. Uh, when GDP wins his first world title. Uh, you said yeah. 99. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. He, he's, uh, he's hobbling around the ring really bad the whole night. Let me see, since he mentioned that, so I can pimp it if we did. Uh, 94, 97, 98. Nope, no 99. But, yeah, so uh, we'll have to cover that in the future. But I, I, Spring Stampede is usually a halfway decent show. Usually, I should I say. I want to say 99. I could be very wrong on this, but I want to say 99 is the only Spring Stampede Hogan was ever on. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm going to stand really... by that being a fact because he, I don't remember him ever being at that show. Huh. At least wrestling. At least wrestling. Maybe appearing on. I don't know. But yeah, well, that makes sense. Either way, uh, he went ahead. He went ahead and scheduled the surgery, and they did an injury angle at the pay per view to write him off TV for a bit. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, oh, here we go. I I could have swore I put something about Perry Saturn in here, and I was I was right. So it's it's part of this overarching story. Like my God, just just look, just listen to this. So Raftor is ah, setting me up for fun. Yeah, well, it's a laundry list here. Raftor is ACL in a match on Thunder and will be out for six months. Oh no, what will we do without Wrath? Uh, yeah, I like Brian Clark. I, I do too, but like I'm part of the bomb squad. Even acknowledge me on Twitter. <laughs> nice. Oh, look, I've always like Loki liked him, but uh, were we WCW missing him in '99? No. Yeah. But don't there worry, he'll come back and probably do one of his best things ever after this. So, Chronic. Chronic, yeah. Yeah, yeah I low-key like that one, too. I thought the gimmick was kind of stupid. I'm like, so were Brian Clark and Brian Adams known as, like, big potheads or something? Am I missing <laughs> something here? <laughs> like, if I had to be like, oh, they're the pothead team, it wouldn't be those two. And their whole gimmick was like, we're like the APA, but instead of beer, we get paid in weed. Okay. Oh. I never pieced that together. Oh, yeah, yeah blew I did my mind. Wow. OK, right. I did the first time I saw him because I was like, wait a minute. So because uh, I can't remember who it was. Uh, they were like, well, we need payment first. And and the guy was like, oh, yeah, I think it was disco. Was like, oh, yeah, here's here's uh, some some weed or whatever. He didn't say it was weed. They couldn't say it on TV. So yeah, it was like the 70s show. We just know. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what it was. It was something in a, in a brown bag, but they let you know, oh, they're getting paid in weed. 
And then they're like, all right. And then they went out and beat somebody up for him. And I'm like, this is literally the APA. So that's another wow, gimmick. Dude, I completely missed that, dude. That's what another the hell? freaking Slow. gimmick. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, but yeah, it's another freaking gimmick that Russo was like, we're just going to rip off what I did in the last company, but make bro, it worse. I made the APA, bro. Yeah. <sighs> well, we're going to do it with, like, no offense, but it's like, we're going to do it with people that are less talented, less over, and we're going to make the gimmick worse. But, you know, same thing. You're saying these two are less talented than Ron Simmons, who's never done a damn thing. Yeah, and, and, and they're not as good on the mic as uh, as Bradshaw. Yeah, um, <laughs> perish the thought. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, either way. So, also, Perry Saturn's back is injured, and it turns out that he's been dealing with it for months. The injury stems from, you guessed it, the same trap door that had uh, been under the ring that Bulldog was injured on. Luckily, Saturn's injury isn't as bad as Bulldog's, but he's still been getting epidural shots to work through it. Mother of God. Oh, hell no. Yeah, no thanks, man. Send me home. Uh, Rey Mysterio has a concussion. Oh, no, he's only been injured once, Greg. Uh, yeah, this was the once right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kurt Hennig is injured. Again, tell me another. Uh, Barry Windham is injured. I don't, yes, I don't even know. Yes, 1999, Barry Windham's the thing. It's <laughs> not a knock on him, mind you. He's about to be a big thing. Yeah. No, right. Hey, this is this is one half of the Red, West Texas Rednecks right here. One quarter. Or how dare wait, you? Wait. Wait. Oh, that's right. I forgot they added Vincent at one point, or excuse me, Curly okay, Bill. So that makes him one fifth. So there. Hold on. There was Hennig, Wyndham, Duncan, Vincent. Who am I missing? Kendall Wyndham. Oh, there's two Wyndhams. That's right. Okay. Yeah. My bad. How can I forget Kendall? Damn it. Uh, it's just like the just like the Kardashians I, always I, forgetting Kendall. I, I think that was. Um, wow. I, I thought <laughs> I thought when you first see him, I, if this is the one I'm thinking of, this is the one I thought was actually horse. He looked like horse. Oh, my gosh. With hair. If that's the one I thought. No, he was bald. I thought. Uh, Kendall I was bald, the, I believe. Not in the West Texas Rednecks. He had like short hair. I thought he was bald. There was no. Bobby Duncan kind of looked like uh, Van Hammer a couple times. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, there, there's more to go, Greg. We're not done yet. Oh, I had a feeling. <laughs> well, Mike Tanay got whiplash in a car wreck that had him in the hospital. Good God, uh, that one I can't believe. In there. The company. Uh, Arn Anderson apparently slapped Disco Inferno backstage over something he said, but there are no details. I'll get into that in a minute. All right. Again, tell me another one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eddie Guerrero was backstage at Nitro and looked to be in great shape and should be back in about two months. I mean, uh, be yeah. gone in about what, eight months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give or take. Yeah, he's not sticking around long. Uh, so the Arn Anderson is in last employer. <laughs> I can't remember what the whole detail was about Anderson and Disco Inferno, but Arn, Arn said it first on his podcast. And to his credit, uh, Disco Inferno listened to that clip of Arn's podcast on, on his podcast and went, yeah, yeah, that's about the way it went. So he owned up to it. <laughs> um, but and, and that, I will say that's one thing for all the things anybody has said about Arn Anderson. Nobody's ever called him a liar. So and and I don't think that gets you much street cred saying you slapped Disco Inferno. 
Yeah, right. It's like I walked in elementary school and I kicked some ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You beat the ball. That's like kids. You're a badass. It's like Anakin Skywalker bragging. It's like I went in and, and just took out all them younglings. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but hey, the Arn Anderson thing, I can't remember what started it, but I know I guess Disco was just like giving people crap and just like uh, if anybody to... can strong arm or big dog someone, it's just going for another man. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and I can't I can't remember. It was it was just like he was dogging on people and you know just kind of being an ass and going overboard and. And Arn was like sick and tired of it, and he told him to shut his mouth. And you know, we we always talk, joke, haha, just go for a I I, tend, I I think that people tend to forget he's a New Yorker. Yeah, so right. none of this surprises me. Busting balls is a national pastime in New York. Okay, so it is what it is. But yeah, I guess Arn was like sick and tired of it. Told him to knock it off, and he mouthed off to Arn something about, "Oh, what are you gonna do? Get get the other horsemen to come after me or something like that?" And he slapped the piss out of him. I was like, uh, and said something along the lines of, no, I'll beat your ass myself or something like that. And uh, Disco said something else. He slapped the crap out of him again. He's like, are you done? And he's like, yeah, I'm done. He got beat up and got a talking to from the guy that can't feel, has no sense of feeling. In his hands. You literally got your crap smacked, like the crap smacked out of you by a one-armed man. <laughs> How does that feel, Disco? I, I make this up. I, I don't know how this would how that would have went, but then again, even if I'll say this, even if somehow Disco managed to like, if they got into an actual like skirmish and Disco managed to you know somehow get the advantage there, um, I have a feeling most of the locker room would have been on Arn's side about that. Just an assumption. I could be wrong, but oh, all the stories we've ever told about him or read about, read about and told about. I don't want to say right. we're telling stories, but. Apparently he was like a real dick. Disco? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had his core group of friends, which he still hangs out with and talks to to this day, like uh, Conan and Ray and people like that. But pretty much the filthy animals. <laughs> that was about it. Either way, uh, likely due to the bad coverage from out the Outside the Lines episode on ESPN a while back. WCW hit everybody with a surprise drug test on, at the. How old is that show? <laughs> I, I know it's like that far. I don't know that show. Then again, I'm not a uh, look. I'm only an avid watcher of ESPN. All right, I don't watch that much. Um, yeah, I don't know out, outside the lines. I think if I turn any one of my TVs in this house on right now, it's on ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then it followed up four days later with a second surprise test at Nitro. Word is that a bunch of guys backstage were scrambling, looking for the drugs that they could use to mask steroid usage. Word got out about the test beforehand, and several guys no-showed the tapings. Uh, that includes Scott Hall, Bam Bam Bigelow, Scott Steiner, and Brian Nobbs are named as people who missed Steiner, the show huh? for whatever reason. Yeah, I oh, wonder uh, why. Oh, well, eat ass, by the way. Uh, yeah, that, uh, let's see, you look at that list, Scott Hall, okay, I, I wouldn't say for steroids, but yeah, uh, Bam Bam Bug- Bigelow, I, I mean, Same. I don't know, yeah, <laughs> see, see previous comment, uh, Brian Nobbs, uh, really, we, maybe weed, how about, uh, uh, let's see what tests for some drugs are actually working, okay, <laughs> who do you think tipped him off, by the way, do you think it's somebody who says brother a lot, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It still sounds like a group of his friends. Yeah, right. 
Scott Steiner. Yeah, I mean, come on, come on. Wait, like that doesn't even need to be elaborated. This whole thing. Yeah, right. Uh, do you think we need to start doing steroid uh, testing backstage? Everybody just kind of looks at Scott and they're like, "Yes." <laughs> or they look at him and went, "No, no, 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 no." He's giving yes. it away. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh uh, yeah, because he's not a walking poster board, you know, for that. Uh, I, I, I will say there was that. Uh, you you remember when uh, Bruce Pritchard said he he really offended John Cena by saying something to him about like, uh, "Get off the gas, kid." And John was like, I worked for this body. <laughs> and then he's trying like, to slap in the face. Yeah. And then like later, I guess the very first time Vince McMahon saw him backstage, he was like, get him out of here. That's a walking uh, billboard for steroid use. And they're like, uh, drug test him. They're like, he's clean. Uh, of course. Sad. Always- that, that, that's the thing now. If you're big, you must be cheating. Oh, yeah. And well, and there are the people out there who will swear by, oh, you can never get that kind of body naturally. You have to be on roids. It's like, that just sounds like jealousy. So, on Schwarzenegger, that? Yeah, right. <sighs> but either way, uh, Goldberg did an interview and had some interesting stuff to say. He said that his gimmick was inspired by watching UFC tapes and said that it was such an obvious idea for a wrestler that he wasn't sure why. <laughs> right. He wasn't sure why no one did it before the way he has. Goldberg said that his original name was going to be the hybrid, and there was, but there was a copyright issue, so they just went with his real name instead. Uh, that one was backed up by Kevin Sullivan, and I feel like a couple other people. Uh, when asked if he had health insurance, Goldberg revealed that he has it through the Screen Actors Guild because he did Universal Soldier 2, uh, but not through wrestling. Yeah, that, again, that makes sense. He said God, that, that he really f- sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there was that, and then um, maybe that's for those why who he don't, did that. For those who don't know, when he came back with Crushing from Megadeth, that's the reason because that song was in that movie. Yeah, I forgot about that. My dad, we've we've uh, established likes terrible films, so my dad he, he he thought Thunder he, Paradise was the greatest show ever. I didn't hate, it, but I didn't yeah love it. But. Yeah, my my dad liked uh, the Universal Soldier movies, all of them, even the bad ones. So, isn't that uh, kind of oxymoronic? <laughs> You're right. Even the bad but, ones, <laughs> insinuating there are good ones. Yeah, okay. yeah. But but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, he liked that movie. So I was like, as a kid, I'm like, oh, wrestlers are in this. But this kind of makes sense now, you know, saying, oh, well, he got. Uh, health insurance through Screen Actors Guild. You have to do X amount of movies in a in a time frame or shows or whatever. You have to work so much. Maybe that's yeah, why I've, he did. I've, I've watched Friends. I know. Yeah, right. Uh, maybe that's why he did uh, that Santa Slay movie. I don't know if you've uh, ever heard of that. He played. I've uh, heard of it because he was promoting the hell of it at No Way Out 2004. Uh, he was wearing it on yeah. his shirt. You know. He plays a murderous Santa Claus. Oh. Yes, the Jewish fella does. <laughs> hey, let's get the big muscular Jewish guy to play a murderous Santa Claus. I guess ruining Christmas. Uh, I guess on paper it makes sense. I mean, if you're gonna have a murdering Santa Claus, why would it be a Christian guy, right? <sighs> I, maybe I'm digging there. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I I don't freaking know. Ah, <laughs> oh, hell. But anyway, uh, getting into the rest of this though, he said that he would or he said that 
he felt like his character has been getting overexposed and that he should only be on TV periodically. He said that he'd like to wrestle only two more years and said that the chances are that he'll probably it'll probably be more like five years. But he said that there is no way that he'll still be wrestling when he's 38. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no way. Not not a chance. That that would be crazy, Greg. It's just proof that even when people say that, it just shows how, how deep the wrestling bug bites. Yeah, right. Just and money too, but. I was going to say that, that, that wrestling bug and uh, that whole, uh, you know, back in a rider truck full of money up to your door. But, yeah, <laughs> good God. It just, ignore the obvious stereotype here. Yeah. Uh, well, Goldberg, Goldberg's like, ah, I need to pay off that second house. Uh, hey, Vinny, you want me to make a return? <laughs> Maybe we could work a program with Brock. Uh, Damn it, pal. The Saudi king's got money. Yeah, right. Like, uh, no, that trip alone, I guarantee, paid off, like, if, if he had anything. Or maybe it bought him, like, a third house or something. I, I don't freaking know. But he, he would never have to wrestle again after going over there. Just, like, everybody talks about, like, the money that you get. That's, that's why Shawn Michaels was, like, dead set against returning. Until, you know, the Saudi crown prince waved some money under his nose. And he's like, hey, yeah, maybe this once. I'm going to make all their... Uh comments about going over there i'm not exactly for it but i i would take some money shoot why not money yeah, makes the I, world go around i'm not stupid i don't know how this works well it, well for like Shawn michaels i know you got your principles or whatever i i get that but like seriously like how can you turn down that kind of money i don't care if the match sucked it was <laughs> it did but how can you realistically turn down that kind of money like you're See, after, not only after all these years ted DiBiase was right <laughs> Well, and the thing is, like, he's not just looking out for himself and his wife. He's got kids, and I'm sure he'll have grandkids someday. I'm sure he needs that job. Yeah, I'm sure, like, he's not just ensuring, oh, well, you know, I can pay off my house or, you know, whatever the hell. I'm sure he already did. But it's like, he's setting up a future for his kids, his grandkids. I mean, like, I guarantee they paid him a, a, just a butt ton of money. And he's still getting paid. Yeah, he got runs NXT. Yep. Uh, this one is, uh, something, but oh God, Randy Savage is pushing for his girlfriend, gorgeous George to be pushed as WCW's answer to Sable. She's also being trained to wrestle by indie women's wrestler, Starla Saxton, better known these days as Molly Holly. Yeah, that all happens. Oh, it all comes together. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, who has this recording was on raw last night. Oh, how about that? Uh, I mean, they didn't push her as WCW's Sable or anything, but she was out there quite a bit with Randy. I'm sorry, she did not look like that one. Yeah, I not that like, she was not that she was bad, mind you. I thought it was so stupid. Like I don't know about how you felt about it. And I know apparently Randy Savage was a huge mark for Gorgeous George, like the original male wrestler. But it's like that's a weird name for for a female wrestler or valet or whatever. I had a woman at the last uh, place I worked. Her name was her actual name was George. Really? Yep. Wow. You ever hear that's why um, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively gave kind of a boyish, uh, generally boyish name to their their daughter because because Blake Lively was like, well, I grew up with kind of a boy's name, and you know, it's like kind of made me tougher. Kind of like that song, a boy named Sue. <laughs> I've never oh. heard that song in my life. 
it's a Johnny Cash song. The whole song is about they they named their son Sue so that uh, he like he'd be tough. You know, he he toughen up because well, were there too many people. gyms in the world or what? <laughs> well, they they said giving him a girl name like Sue would toughen him up because they knew he'd get picked on, so he'd have to toughen up, whatever. And uh, ended up backfiring because he did get tough, but he hated his parents for it so much he tracked down his dad and shot him at the end of the song. <laughs> Good lord. I can't remember what comedian did a joke like that where he's like, oh, you ever, you know, because he was talking about like these parents that name their kids something stupid and out of the box so they can be original. And he's like, you know, your kid's going to be an adult someday. And you'll be like, oh, that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, last story I got here. Uh, Why do you hate kinda... our kid? You know, they're sort of friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I got an idea. It's like, how about Thatcher? Why do you hate our child? <laughs> Uh, oh my god, our kids need to get mugged in the schoolyard. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, this, this is the last story out of WCW I have here. It's going to kind of bleed into uh, the WWF news. So, not only is Davey Boy Smith still in the hospital, but Bret Hart had his groin surgery in the same hospital as with uh, that Davey was at. Furthermore, Bret's sister, Ellie Neidhart, was also there at the same time to have a hysterectomy. What Dude, the hell? God. Yeah. Well, they just get like a a bulk rate for the whole family. <laughs> yeah, right. Jeez, like, uh, that sucks, man. We get the Hart family discount at this hospital. Like, oh, okay, say no more. Like, good grief. Uh, by the way, keep in mind, was the rhino not... there too? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, nah, just his wife. Uh, but for anybody out there, it's like, well, at least I had free health care. Not back then, I don't believe. I don't think uh, Canada started that until like the mid two thousands. So, ah, man. But speaking of Bret Hart, he was backstage at WWF's Calgary house show. He w- it was uh, just a house show, so Vince McMahon wasn't there. Uh, Bret has friends that he came yeah, to visit call. with. <laughs> Bret has friends that he came to visit with, nothing more. Hart also spoke briefly about or with Earl Hebner. He and Hebner, or he asked Hebner about his health. Uh, if anybody remembers a, a previous podcast we did, uh, he had a brain aneurysm in uh 98 uh, but hebner noted that he's going through a divorce and brett responded yeah join the club God. <laughs> uh brett actually called hebner last year. Up, <laughs> uh brett actually called hebner last year when he was in the hospital but the two haven't spoken since then until now as for WCW, they had no problem with Brett going, and Eric Bischoff was actually happy about it because it will get people talking, claiming that he's heading back to the WWF. Wow. And it will play, and it will play huh. into the Brett quit WCW storyline. Fast forward to 2023, CM Punk uh, backstage at Raw last week. There you go. And, well, and then he was backstage at Impact Wrestling. So. He was just being huh. a troll with that. Nobody right. takes that serious, trust me. <laughs> I like how people are like, oh, he could actually end up that like, he No, he's not going to end up there. Like, shut the F up. Now, hold on a second. He, they said he could. That is a very real possibility. Not going to unlikely, but it is possible. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's something like, like, seriously, like, does anybody actually believe CM Punk is going to downgrade that damn far? You, the only way, the only further down you get is going to GCW. <laughs> People can crap on me all they want. For but. all the for all the damn uh, shots they take at AEW, yes, there is a lower uh, place to go. So much lower, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. Impact is mostly a clown show at this point. 
And I stand by that. I, I don't care what their champion says. is Steve Macklin. Do you want any more uh, proof? Well, and Greg, he's he's uh, a, a top guy that WWE just missed the boat on. Yeah, well, clearly. God, like I, I can, will say, they might miss the boat on his wife, but oh well, of course, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's just, I'm sorry, no. There's constant intergender matches. They do the stupid intergender death match stuff too, and Not like even AEW stu- does that. Yeah, all the like the other week when they were backstage, be- like a couple weeks ago. If you want proof that AEW is not going to do this, which I actually applaud them for, the other week Jericho would have beat up Britt Baker. He wouldn't have had the Outcast do it. So if they were right. going to do it, that would have been the moment right there. And I, I guess Kenny Omega like kind of wanted to do it, but well, of course yes, he did. Yeah, he was yeah. a little nine-year-old girl, so there you go. Yep. But uh, but Turner told him, or Warner Brothers, whatever the hell, told him or told uh, Tony Khan. They were like, "That's that's not going to happen on our network." You know, they shouldn't. No, I I applaud them for that. People can go on about, oh, well, it's fake and whatever else. I I don't care. I don't want to see a a competitive match between a man and a woman. I just no thanks. I'm tuning out at that point. And like the death matches are already hard enough to swallow. I no. Uh, this I remember when this was a, a big headline. Paul White is now going by the name The Big Show in the WWF. <laughs> I remember when that happened, dude. They just started randomly calling him in. Right. I thought it was just I thought there was just like a moniker. I didn't realize that was the name. When he first showed up and they started calling him Paul White, I was like, well, that's kind of dumb. Like he doesn't have a like. He doesn't have a, well, like a, an actual it name. Makes sense because like then we're going to be able to call him the Giant, obviously. So this it makes right. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but it's like uh, they didn't have anything ready to go. They're just like ah, throw him out there with his name, whatever. And then uh, when they started calling him the Big Show, I was like, that's the best you got. Like that's kind of like the Big Show. Like stupid. Now I can't it's imagine not being the Big Show. <laughs> right. Ironic how that works. Yeah. No, no more BS. <laughs> I actually thought that was a little clever. Yeah, I, I, I LOL'd. I lolled. And he was off TV, never saw him again, so. Gone forever, bro. This one. I think he uh, should be on TV, mind you. I want to make that clear. Nothing yeah, against no. him, but in 2023, like, no thank you. Not like he's a ratings draw. Like, come on. Like, let's, let's, let's be serious for a minute, all right? Not to pull a. Not to pull a, uh, a Lance Storm here, but God. Hey, you know where like, he's from. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Exactly. But either way, th- this is a weird what if to think about. There have been talks of putting the Hardy Boys with DX. Wow. Okay. And also another plan of possibly pairing them with Michael Hayes doot, 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 and create a new generation Freebird type team. Well, All right, most well, of that happened. Yeah, that first part happened. The second part, nah. My favorite thing about that was, did you ever hear, I think it might have been on the ENC podcast where Matt Hardy talked about Michael Hayes' idea for them. Like starting out. Wow, they had Matt Hardy on that podcast? I just, okay. Uh, I know. Well, <laughs> apparently they, apparently they they buried some hatchets, and not just the ones in their backs. But uh, <laughs> Good, not enough time in life to not. But <laughs> yeah, right. Especially with but, Matt uh, constantly getting killed in AEW. So. 
and this was doing the uh well this was a while back when matt was still doing the broken gimmick all the time um that's coming back had, this week on rampage it's a deletion match oh my god keep in mind by the way not to go, not to go off topic but you know who's in this match with them no i don't i forget who they're facing they're ethan page and somebody but they're putting hook in this match oh yeah they're gonna ruin one of their potential oh, stars cool <sighs> anyway <laughs> i don't even know i don't even know what's going about bring that it down. oh well it, it was bound to happen eventually <laughs> anyway um yeah no they were they were uh they were on there and, and matt told the story about when they first got paired with michael and they were trying to brainstorm about like different stuff to do and michael was like hey, i got an idea and he's like uh we should all get these uh these dusters, you know, and wear them in the ring and all on them. We're going to have uh, like knives and spoons and forks, you know, like all kind of silver, silverware, all like hanging off them. That'd be and cool. We're going to go to the Denny's while eating, eating them while wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? And like, this was apparently a real, like Jeff backed it up. He's like, yeah, he wanted us to, he wanted us to wear like trench coats with uh, cutlery hanging off. Getting an all new vision into his world of, of how he looks at shows now because I think he's still a writer, isn't he? Yes, I, oh, as far yeah. as I know. Yeah, and they're like, "Why?" And he's like, "I it would be original. You ain't never seen that before." And they're like, "Yeah, because it's dumb." You don't just come up with that, by the way. He had to have been wanting to do this forever for somebody. He's Maybe like it was him and there. Bam Bam, or him and uh, uh, him and uh, what's his name? Jimmy Jam, aka. Yeah, Early Jelly Nutella. My God, his father. Uh, but yeah, you know he's <laughs> he's he's like sitting there. You know he he's got the the munchies from smoking a ton of weed. Allegedly. And uh, <laughs> he's like sitting there, you know, going ham on on some McDonald's or something, or or at a Waffle House, and he's looking. He's like, Hey, I got an idea. What if <laughs> what if all this uh, this cutlery like what 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 if I I glued it to my jacket and I and I walked to the ring with it. And people are like, Michael, you're high. Shut up. Allegedly. And then, yeah. And he's like, he's like, I, I, I got to get me a napkin and write this down for a later time. <laughs> uh, this is a long one, but here we go. There's real a lot quick, of talk. I want to I I go back real quick to something you said. The Hardys and DX. At this point, to my knowledge, I think DX is only X-Pac and the Outlaws. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. Triple H so is gone. That makes it even weird. Is gone. Yeah. That would have been a, a weird ass yet. And then, uh, according to uh, Bruce Pritchard, uh, Vince Russo wanted to add Test. You remember that? I don't. Oh, wait. Heck. I think I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Yeah, because he was like, because uh, his reasoning, he was like, bro, he's just as big as Kevin Nash. He'll fit right in. And they're like, no. <laughs> like, um. It's like, first of all, he's greener than goose crap. Second of all, he's not over. Also, I want to make it clear because I was going to get honest. We like tests, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, there was a moment. I, I don't have anything against him. I'll say that. Uh, I'm sad that he passed when he did. But yeah, it's just like. Sad that the last memory is that crap he did in TNA, by the way, too. Oh, I know. Andrew the Punisher Martin. Now, in the archives, by the way, we covered the one and only event he was on. Don't ask me which one, but. Hard chest <sighs> there was? Yeah, sounds right. But. Anyway, there's a lot of talk about various WWF wrestlers being released this week. Most of the name, or excuse me, WWF wrestlers. I think I said WCW. Uh, Freudian slip. 
That's where you say one thing and mean your mother. Um, but <laughs> most of the names on the list aren't a big surprise. Public Enemy were considered a flop from day one, and they didn't make themselves any friends by, no. complaining, by complaining a lot as soon as Who they showed up. Flop? Sorry, I gotta uh, pause real quick. Who called them a flop? Uh, That's some BS. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Man, they flopped more than uh, Top Dollar. More than LeBron James. Oh my god. Uh, that I'm not hanging fruit, man. <laughs> no, you're not. As this but, recording... Uh, Six more hours, so hopefully we can kick their ass. Game one. Wow. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, that one is that's one of them situations where I like I'm like I just hope everybody loses. <laughs> I don't like F you. I don't like any of them teams. It's, it's like watching the Ravens take on the Steelers. I'm like I hate everybody. <laughs> well, football but, is a different story because we all have that. Yeah, right. When I watch the Chiefs and the Broncos, they just kick each other's ass and it's high. Yep. But anyway, uh, they complained a lot as soon as they showed up, which led to a or led to the match on Sunday Night Heat, where the acolytes basically murdered them on live TV. Yeah, if anybody wants to watch a um, that's a uh, that's legit. JBL confirmed they did that. <laughs> yeah, if anybody wants to see a, a massacre on TV, uh, look that episode of Sunday Night Heat up. Um, I, I I don't know when. It seems it's like that's a pretty occurring theme with that show. Do you know that's where Perry Saturn snapped on that jobber and beat the crap out of him? Yeah, right. Well, that one got him in trouble. Uh, this one, that was one apparently, got him <laughs> Yeah, right. This, apparently it was like they told the accolades. They're like, hey, uh, maybe rough them up a little bit. <laughs> they did say, I think. Uh, oh, you heard that from your dad or something. No one our age says rough them up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can't remember. I, I don't know if it was JBL or if it was um, Pritchard. Who talked about it, and they said, to their credit... I heard they, JBL on a table for three talked about it, so that's why I believe it. Okay, okay so that might have been where I heard it, where he said, to their credit, they took that ass beating, which was effing brutal. They came backstage, they shook their hands, they were like, hey, good match, thanks. And and they just walked the F on. I mean, I don't know what the hell they were going to say or do, besides, like, escalating it to a, a dangerous level. Uh, but, yeah, it's like, dude, they... I realize they kind of beat your ass when you had no other recourse out there in the ring, but I don't think it would have been a, a much different result backstage. So let it go. Everyone was cheering them, probably. Yeah, they weren't completely stupid, I'll say. So there's that. Um, but either way, Gilberg was cut. Oh, no! Not Gilberg! <laughs> but he was cut because his character had pretty much run its course. <laughs> you don't say. I don't say. know how. I thought there was I miles know. on that thing. I know, man. They, they could have started a losing streak for him, and that would have been great. Good, <laughs> God dang it, good shit, pal. Started a losing streak as opposed to the old winning streak he was on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, they, that would have had it. That would have been it. Like uh, Goldberg had his undefeated streak. He would have had his never win streak. Oh, this, I said they this, pivoted to Brian Myers. So, yeah, right. It's week 150 of uh, never winning a match. Let's see if he can end that streak this week. They kind of, <laughs> they kind of said it within the doll. Gilbert doesn't want to know who's next. Gilbert wants to know who's first. So they kind of <laughs> did. It looked like they were leaning into it. Yeah, I do. I just, I don't know. I mean, we joke, oh, there was mileage on it. But I mean, honestly, yeah, how, how far can you beat, the, beat a dead horse with a joke? But I don't know. It's funny. Either way, uh, Blue Meanie was originally released, but some sort of internet campaign to keep him ended up working. Same. My God. 
Sorry. <laughs> Dude, you of think... all the people you're going to campaign to keep. And who the uh... hell was on the internet from WWF going, hey, boss, I don't know. We, sh- You know, the internet wants us to keep Blue Meanie. Maybe Stevie we should Richards. rethink this. Stevie Richards, yeah. I bet my left testicle on that. Yeah, who the fuck was listening to him? <laughs> You you okay. asked the question I answered, and then you can't follow it up with more hard questions. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like, oh, Vince was like, God dang it, pal. Release that doughy, fat, white guy. And then they were like, and then Stevie Richards was like, well, you know, boss, they, you know, the internet says that, that they love him. And he's like, oh, well, well, the internet says it. God dang it, pal. Going, off of, everything, going off of everything Richards ever said about Vince. And I guarantee you he didn't know what the hell the internet was back then. <laughs> What the hell is this? This Yahoo? <laughs> is he a is he a gimmick wrestler for Turner? <laughs> I I I heard of this new technology. It's called it's called Ask Jeeves, and it's gonna take the internet by storm. Oh yeah. man! Something I forgot all about. Did it just become Ask later? Uh, that sounds that sounds like it's right. I don't know. I don't know, but that that sounds like it's it's correct. But. WWF called the Blue Meanie to tell him that they had decided to keep him. Uh, well, at least somebody called oh, him. <laughs> thank the good Lord. Thank you, JBL. <laughs> good God. Ironic, he said that he ate his guts. <laughs> oh, yeah, he beat the piss out of him. That, now, that's one. JBL's a complete a-hole for that one. That's yeah, I, I don't like the Meanie, but yeah, you don't do that crap. Yeah. I, I don't like him as a gimmick or a wrestler, but I, I, he's never done anything that's been like, oh, yeah, he needs the crap beat out of him, like as a shoot. Like, good grief. Uh, Golga, George Steele, and Luna were all, uh, were all let go since the oddities gimmick is done. I think the craziest part of all this is that they were all employed at this time, but, you know, there we you go. You said George Steele. That's a, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot the whole thing with him. You know, he's the original oddity, which actually, in hindsight, made total sense. It did. I just don't remember it. Yeah, I remember I, I, for he wasn't there long, and this explains it right here. Yeah, I, yeah, couldn't have been. Yeah, like I said, I don't freaking remember that. Uh, Luna was actually sent home weeks ago for disciplinary issues, and just now officially fired. Yeah, Bruce Pritchard talked about that. That one was fired more than Marty Jannetty. Yeah, right. Uh, anybody goes and watches the Dark Side of the Ring episode on Luna. Uh, I mean, it's obviously sad, Dark Side of the Ring, but eh, it explains a lot. And Bruce said he was Bruce Richard said he was always having issues with her. And it was usually around either Sonny or Sable or a combo. And they brought her back because she legitimately wanted to beat the piss as a shoot out of Sable. And they were like, dude, you can't just go out there and beat her ass. Like, come on now. But <laughs> do we know why? Uh, just because. Uh, like Sable got opportunities that she didn't because of her looks and whatever. So I don't know. Luna just like took it personally. But yeah, they brought her back and they're like, you got to promise, you know, to freaking behave yourself. And you can't just go out there beating ass and, uh, you know, she lost and made a billion dollars off doing that. Yeah, right. And he said, uh, Luna was just like, all right, I won't hurt your freaking queen. Like, all right, just behave yourself. She never did, unfortunately. That's why Jacqueline ended up in that spot a lot, because they said a lot of that would have been Luna, but they could actually trust Jacqueline. (laughs) So there you go. But I guess that makes sense. Never thought of that. But yeah, she did end up in that spot a lot. Yep. So Uh, Luna probably would have been Mark Merrill's side dish, right? 
She was for a minute, if you remember. Uh, well, I, mean, us, but... um, I thought I thought she was involved with the marrow thing there for a minute. Maybe I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, her and Goldust were both marrow and Sable. Okay. That's probably where you're getting mixed up at. Yeah, uh, it's all it's all uh, bleeding it's together. All, it was all trash. Trust me. You ain't miss, you ain't... You don't say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh well, welcome to state the obvious, with Greg. <laughs> Shut the hell off. <laughs> in, in my defense, I caught it after I said it, okay? So. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, Bart Gunn was released because he's not exactly the most charismatic guy. Uh, again, welcome to state the obvious. Uh, and all he I had going bad for him, man. He got screwed just because he was in a stupid thing they did and accidentally was good. I know. That's, not a, that's, that's a really unfair. Dude, they took... And I like some of Bob Holly's stuff as hardcore Holly, but they took Bob Holly and Bart Gunn, which is like pairing up unbuttered toast with a glass of milk, and you slap them together, and you're like, they're bombastic Bob and bodacious Bart, the new uh, Midnight Express. Yeah, it's like, who gives a shit? (laughs) Who could possibly give a shit? Uh That tells me they wanted to do something with Bart Gunn, and then when he accidentally gets over himself, I'm using that a little bit loosely. Ah, <laughs> never mind, you're out of here. Yeah. I don't know, man. This whole That's really unfair, like... dude. That Dark Side yeah. of the Ring episode really made me open my eyes to that whole thing. Yeah. Damn it, it you weren't supposed to win the shoot fight. You're out of here. Yeah. I'll say he said he felt like it was a punishment. It's like, it's a little hard to argue. I mean, like, why? They First, they neutered his tag team after a couple of weeks. Like, Jim Cornette talked about that, where he's like, that's one of the reasons he hated the Brawl for All, besides just the blatant stupidity of it all. How had no balls? <laughs> right. Well, he's like, well, Cornette was like, well, it was stupid to begin with, and then I see the Brawl for All, and I'm like, well, fuck this thing, then. <laughs> and they got paired up randomly in the first round, by the way. I oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I blame Savio yeah. Vega. Apparently, he drew the name. Yeah. So. But uh, anyway, past that him is the charismatic Why would you let thing. Why a guy in the tournament draw names? By the way, <laughs> hell if I know. But uh, also said, and all he was going, uh, he had going for him was the legit shoot fighter gimmick after winning Brawl for All. But then he got his brain punched at, into suit by Butterbean at WrestleMania, so that killed that. Again, God dang, let's and Butterbean did back, back it up that. Butterbean backed up that he was, in fact, a punishment for Bart Gunn. Yeah, well, because he told him, he's like, well, I was ready. He's like, I, I mean, I wasn't going to take a dive, but he was like, I was ready to work, you know, like, uh, and I was like, well, what do you want me to do? And and they were like, I don't know, fight him, like fight him for real. And he's like, uh, are you sure? Because I'm going to knock his ass out. And they're like, yeah, yeah, no, really fight him. Like, OK. And he said he, he let him hang for like the first round and then just went out and freaking cremated his ass. So. Sad. Whole thing was. Yep. Uh, the Legion of Doom was also released to no one's surprise, since both men, especially Hawk, are all but useless in the ring these days, and nostalgia from the '80s is worn off. You don't say. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they are still getting decent reactions. Was oh, this the after whole... they pushed Hawk off the Titantron? Maybe. I don't know. This was during the. Well, no, I, I don't know, because I don't know if Draws was with them yet at this point. I, I want to say that happens in late 98. 
or mid ninety eight maybe. Okay, so yeah. Well, if they're released yeah. here, yeah, they don't they don't ever bring them yeah. back. So, well, they but, actually they do in two thousand three. Two thousand three. I don't remember that. Yeah, they face RVD and Kane. Huh. Wow. Uh, I'll have to go check that out. I don't remember that at all. Uh, the biggest surprise from the release uh, was the release of Steve Williams. He was the top foreign star in All Japan Pro Wrestling and was brought in to feud with Steve Austin. But they decided to put him into the Brawl for All tournament to get him over as a tough guy, and they expected him to win. But of course, he didn't. And much like Bart Gunn, without the tough guy shooter aura around him, WWF didn't see anything in him. Uh, he was also injured in the Brawl for All fight. Uh, look, and- no offense, but what did you see him to begin with? He was never that good, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, he looked imposing, but I'll, I'll give him that. But that's that's literally it. But uh, he hasn't fully recovered months later. Plus, he's notoriously bad on the mic against no. the obvious. Uh, I know. Listen to all of our archives in WCW ever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so WWF cut their losses on him. Williams and LOD will both be working All Japan Pro Wrestling's Tokyo Dome show, but there's no word on if they'll stay with that company past that. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know about that. I I mean, at this point, even in Japan, they're a nostalgia act. And and All Japan is just kind of like, eh, whatever. Plus, All Japan is... (laughs) They've only got a few more years of being, like, competitors in Japan after this. Like, here in the next, I'd say, five or six years, nobody's talking about All Japan other than, what the hell happened to them? Uh, we were just talking about this guy a moment ago, but there were also rumors that Jim Cornette had been fired also, but it's not true. He missed the, <laughs> l- <laughs> he missed the latest TV tapings because he was sick, and it's no secret that he has had heat with Kevin Dunn and Vince Russo. <laughs> just a little bit. Not like he's still carrying that to this day. Uh, it's also no secret that they didn't like Cornette's commentary, since he's often refer- refers to past wrestling history with guys who were on old NWA. Uh, they also didn't like him using words like wrestling and wrestlers. Yeah, this is all WWE-isms. Uh, anyway, Cornette is still employed, and they actually plan to have him set uh, set up a minor league farm system for WWF to develop new talent. Later oh, this year, <laughs> later this year, Cornette is expected to move to Louisville, Kentucky, and run the Ohio Valley Wrestling promotion there. WWF will send people down there to uh, who need work, and occasionally send bigger stars to help draw crowds. And the new WWF hires will also go there to train before being put on TV. And uh, all that worked out fantastically. And we got some of the biggest stars in the business out of OVW. So, so there you go. Like who? Yeah, just uh, a, a little guy named uh, John Cena that some of you may have heard of. Batista, Randy Orton, you know, just to name a couple. Yeah, never done anything. She never drew a dime or uh, excuse me. They never drew a dime. But the upcoming special on UPN called WWF Smackdown will basically be patterned just like an episode of Raw. Right now, it's only a one-time special, but if it's successful, and it almost certainly will be, it's believed that it will likely turn into a weekly show. The, I, the idea of doing an all-women's show has seemingly already been dropped. <laughs> UP, UP, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back then, uh, no thanks. Yeah, right. UPN doesn't want the show to be live, so they can edit out anything they don't like. 
So most likely it will be a taped one hour show and Dave expects that it will air on Wednesday nights, although it could end up on Tuesday or Thursday. Well, way to be vague, Dave. Uh, and it yeah, could be any day that Raw's not on. <laughs> yeah, it could be Tuesday or maybe Wednesday or Thursday or even maybe a Friday. But it's definitely one of those days. Mother <laughs> of God. Oh, man. And one hour, by the way. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. It, uh, also, as far as it being one hour. Remember when he said that Nitro be- was going to launch as a tape show somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> The whole point of Bischoff it was that said, it was yeah. supposed to be live. <laughs> oh, man. Effing stupid. I just lo- that's like, I love how he, he bakes the stupid crap into his writing. It could be this day or this day or this day or this day. Basically a day that ends in Y. It's probably going to be one of those days. <laughs> like, that's not reporting, dude. That's literally you throwing out every possibility under the sun, and one of them is got to be right along the way. That's like if I were to say, well, CM Punk, when he comes back to wrestling, you know, he he's probably coming back to AEW, but, you know, he could end up in WWE, or, you know, he might even uh, show up in Impact, but it's definitely one of those. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cue that uh, uh, meme of Nicholas Cage. It's like, you don't say. <sighs> anyway, going to going over to Japan for a couple of big stories here. An estimated 28,000 fans came out to Budokan Hall in Japan for a public funeral ceremony for Giant Baba. It was by far the largest crowd to ever attend the funeral for an athlete in Japan and the ninth largest funeral ceremony in the history of the country. Uh, the other eight were mostly movie stars, politicians, and musicians. Fans were camping out the night before the ceremony. Is Dave Meltzer one of the fans? Most likely. Uh, I like how they rank funeral attendance in Japan, by the way. Well, this was the ninth largest. Like, mother of God. Who keeps track? And why? Oh, I can't wait for someone to die so we can outdraw that funeral. When I die, I'm going to outdraw everybody. That sounds like a misomanism. Hey, even in death, Giant Baba couldn't outdraw some other people in Japan. Oh, man. Anyway, that being said, the future for All Japan Pro Wrestling doesn't look particularly bright right now. Vader just won the Carnival Champion Tournament, making him only oh, the thir- name, huh? <laughs> making him only the third foreigner to ever win it. And while the shows drew well, they were behind last year's numbers. AJPW has a Tokyo Dome show scheduled soon that will definitely get at least one five-star match on it. Uh, And that's expected to sell out the Tokyo Dome because it's also going to be the final big memorial show for Baba. But after that, things get murky. The Tokyo Dome show will officially mark the end of the Giant Baba era in All Japan Pro Wrestling, and it's unknown where the company goes from there. There's still a power struggle in the front office with Baba's widow, Matoko Baba, on one side and Mitsuharu Misawa on the other side. And the two disagree strongly about how the promotion should be run. And uh, for what it's worth, it's so disgusting when someone dies and people fight over said power person, said dead person's power. Yeah. And I think it comes down to uh, like Mizawa was helping to run things and felt and it it was basically said that's like, well, he's going to kind of take over when Baba dies. But Matoko was like, well, 
I inherited it, you know, because it's, you know, my my husband's company, so I get it. Therefore, I get the, the say-so. And, yeah. But for what it's worth, most of the wrestlers are said to be siding with Misawa. Yeah. Um, well. Yes, he, uh, he has since passed away, too, right? He has, yeah. He was dropped on his head. And that was died. the one that Punk wrote his name on his wrist tape, right? On Raw that one week? Was that him? I, th- mm, I don't know. Maybe? Perhaps I don't know. He died. Uh, he died in the mid two thousands. But uh, I, I think will that was say, one. yeah. Well, as as far as uh, you know, Uncle Dave seeing most of the wrestlers are on his side. That is correct. Uh, if anybody wanted, wants to know where uh, pro wrestling Noah came from, uh, that's because his power struggle led to Mizawa going. All right, I don't need this. Me and uh, most of your top guys in this company, uh, we're peace now. The top guy, great mooner, right? Uh, believe it or not, he was not a, he was not the top guy in Japan. <laughs> he was. How is uh, that possible? He, he he's like was the like Japanese wrestler of all time. Wherever he, wherever he goes, he's a top guy. He was a top guy. Like he, he was a, a, like a top heel, but he, there were a lot of guys, uh, that were bigger draws than him, oddly enough, but. Was Okada uh, yeah. around some? Okada, no, no, he was, uh, if he, well, if he was around, he was like. That'd be the only guy I think out draws him. I'm not a pro on this, though, so. Mizawa was definitely a bigger draw. Uh, Kenta Kobashi, uh, those kind of guys like that. I think maybe, I don't know, maybe Kawada. The dude um, whose brain he took out of his head? <laughs> no, that was uh, Shibata. He he was he was on his way. Like, when uh, there was ones, like, uh, he, he came up with Tanahashi and all them. It was supposed to be. I can't get over yeah. it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just know uh, it was like Shinsuke, Tanahashi, and Shibata were called like the Three Musketeers or whatever, and they all came up at the same time, and they were supposed to be like the three top guys going forward in in New Japan. And the three best friends anybody could have. <laughs> well, Shibata left and pissed a lot of people off, and then when he came back, they kind of buried him for a bit. Uh, and then Shinsuke got a job in WWE after a while, so. Yeah, that's why Tanahashi became the guy. But not a bad way. guy to be as the guy. Nah, but that's uh, yeah. Pro wrestling Noah was since all those the top wrestlers in all Japan sided with Mizawa. He said, "Well, I'm leaving, and I'm taking all your top talent with me." And they formed Pro Wrestling Noah. And there you go. And all Japan kind of faded into obscurity at that point. More useless wrestling knowledge that I have in my brain, but there you go. <sighs> I'm sure Uncle Dave can correct me on some of that. Well, actually. <laughs> Shut the imp up, Dave. Oh, well, you're just setting me up now. Shut the f*** up, Dave. <laughs> uh, speaking of setting up for things, let's get into this week. Well, I'll just hit the clip. This week in ECW. If I may have another volley, sir. So we kind of know what's going on in ECW during this time, and it's nothing good. Not that as opposed to the uh, times where the good stuff's going on, huh? (laughs) Right. Well, TNN has been getting questions from various media outlets about their plans to get involved in wrestling uh, and have denied. We've been stuck in this era for a while, dude. I feel like past couple of shows, we're talking about TNN possibly getting a show. I know, right? Uh, but I thought we denied- do this, now we cover up now we cover every inch of this supposed news. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> the thief denied that there is anything to the story and claimed that they don't know how the story got started. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, but, however, Uncle Dave said that that's untrue and that they're still negotiating with ECW. Look, I mean, we crap on Dave, but I mean, this is, yeah. He was kind of in the know here and talked to the right people. So, yeah, no, they uh, they were clearly negotiating with ECW. I mean, it's not far from here that I think they land there. Yeah. But the, the plan is for ECW to be the lead-in for the Roller Jam show. Roller Jam has been a huge money loser for TNN because they dumped a lot of bank into it, and the ratings are crap. Who could have foreseen? So they're no, off a single episode. So they're hoping to salvage it and figure, uh, and and they figure that they can put a wrestling show on first, and that wrestling fans will stick around to watch Roller Jam after. To which okay. I have to say, I'm gonna get some crap here probably, but so you want you want the 50 ECW fans there are in the world to watch Roller Jam? That's gonna be enough to make it a profitable thing. Yeah, right. I mean, if if you're picking one company where it's like, ah, this demographic may care about Roller Jam, it, like ECW would probably be, <laughs> probably be the ones. Oh, man. But not Dirty even them, like dude. <laughs> but not even them, dude. Nobody gave a damn. And yeah, like, oh, man, maybe we can entice these 100 people to stick around. Like, nobody Was gave that- a damn. Was that movie that was that show the catalyst for that movie with LL Cool J? Uh, that was it. Rollerball or whatever the app. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I th- I think so. Paul, well, yeah, because Paul Heyman's in it. Like that's the only. I never watched the movie. I just saw the, the I trailers. I knew about it because, ironically, they promoted it on Raw. Remember, LL yeah. Cool J and uh, Rebecca Me were on Raw. Uh, I don't remember that much uh, that part of it, but I remember always seeing the trailers. And they would always make sure to show that the commentator for it was uh, Paul Heyman. Like, I don't, do you remember that? No. In every trailer, they'd show Paul Heyman, like, with a headset on, yelling, Rollerball! Okay. If I saw it, I might have assumed it was ECW related. That's probably what happened. It looked stupid, and I think it got trashed in the ratings. So I just, I was like, yeah, I feel justified not watching this. I think the movie bombed big time, too. Yeah. I know. More of my statement, obviously. Dude, it it went on for years. Why did th- like I always say, quit trying to make fetch happen. Nobody's ever gonna give a damn about rollerball. <laughs> I, I don't care what name you. It's slap the Daniel on. Garcia and Mustafa Ali of TV shows. How dare you? All right, <laughs> I couldn't resist. Sorry. People travel for miles to see Daniel. Who could possibly give a damn Garcia? All right. His mom doesn't count. Hey, I have been reliably informed that he is over and he draws money for them and people travel just to see him all right like that's what they say on twitter yeah yeah and 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 as we know twitter's always correct the gospel well yeah good grief uh hey stop me if you heard this one before shane douglas suffered a broken ankle and will be out until at least the upcoming pay-per-view uh he does not work the Mm -hmm. pay-per-view no, and on the, I think when he comes back, his arm's in a sling. Does something else happen? Dude, I don't freaking know. He was a like, he was just a walking injury at all times, man. I feel like um, if like he reminds me of that character on SpongeBob. It's always like my leg, 
<laughs> Every time you, you see him, he's Shane, in another cast. You broke a body and changed a body, you bastard. <laughs> Dude, Shane just like I feel like he's he's like uh before that movie came out, he was like that guy from Glass that uh Samuel L. Jackson played. <laughs> well, since you're talking about Shane Douglas, I gotta say something. Fuck the Steelers, man. There you go. Get it in there. I don't uh, know if you agree or not, but I don't like him. Yeah, right. <laughs> Here's another one. Stop me if you I've heard, heard Browns before. fans are apologetic to them for some reason. I don't know. Oh, well, eat an ass. <laughs> like, dive head I was head trying to get something in. out of you. Jeez, it took that long? Okay. I said get it in there. I, I let you... You know, I, I'm not... Uh, I'm not backing off that statement. I just let you say it for me. <laughs> but... Uh, stop me if you... Okay. Stop me if you heard this one before. Uh, another week, another bounce check in ECW. Oh, uh, wow. That's, that's a new one. Yeah. Paul Heyman held a meeting and told everybody that everything will be okay financially in another month or so and to just try to be patient with him. But Heyman said that before, uh, so everyone's pretty skeptical. Yeah, I'd say. But a lot of wrestlers are said to be scared to leave because if ECW goes under, Heyman will almost certainly end up in either WWF or WCW, likely in a position of some creative power. And no, <coughs> Nailed it! Yeah, right. And nobody wants to bail on ECW, only to wind up working for Heyman again six months later in another company and being buried because he's pissed at them. Uh, don't worry, you're going to get buried for other reasons. Uh, Let's see, who does he get? He gets Rhino, Spike Lee, Spike Lee, Spike Dudley. Spike Lee. <laughs> uh, uh, I was watching the NBA playoffs, and Knicks won, and he was full front and center, of course. Yeah. Uh, Rhino, um, Jerry Lynn. Well, Dudley's Just, are there. Did I say Justin Credible? Uh, no, uh, but yeah, he's there. You could technically throw Mike Awesome on there, even though he's a WCW guy, but uh, right. yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, and uh, they didn't all get buried. I should point out but uh jerry lynn well, goes man, WWF yeah, sprouted for wings that was nice you're right uh wcw in particular is said to be especially interested in talking to Heyman about having uh having him come in as a booker yeah dude he was never gonna work with bischoff never like i think he would have went poor and like bankrupt before he ever worked with uh yeah, but imagine bischoff the, imagine the history we're talking about right now if you got him instead of russo right dude i i mean he couldn't have turned WCW around just because of all the, the behind the scenes stuff that like he, he no, had no control over. They kept it afloat. He would have made the shows more watchable uh, while they were sinking into the mud. But, you know, so it's like, at least it would have been an entertaining fire to watch. But instead we just got like, it's like somebody took a dump and it sunk into quicksand. Oh. Very <laughs> But either way, uh, Heyman has said that he's very close to accepting a loan from WWF, ding, 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 although he really doesn't want to if he can avoid it because he doesn't want to be indebted to them. If he can't make a deal with a claim soon uh, for an ECW video game, he may be forced to accept it. He actually does yeah. both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, right now, and the uh, the hope is to strike a deal with a claim who would produce an ECW video game that would be out near Christmas. And the deal would also include a major advance on money up front before the game comes out, which would be the, uh, which would get the company fully out of debt. Yeah. There's no way in hell that game sold enough to get anything out of debt. 
Well, didn't no way. You see it said, no way. Well, didn't you see it said uh, give him a, a huge advance? So they're giving him money that's before any sales st- even happen. That's pretty stupid. Well, do you wonder why a cl- show? Well, do you do you wonder why a claim isn't a thing anymore? <laughs> there you go. Uh, hey, nobody ever said they were, uh, you know, smart with business. So <sighs> anyway, a couple things. No, keep in mind are... their game was a copy and paste of a successful game. Yeah, right. Reminding us, you know, I, I like to use this line when I can. Reminding us that the real stuff's on the other channel. <laughs> Yep, <clears throat> that game sucked. Um, but I disagree. It wasn't bad. It was just not original. Eh. Yeah. Oh well, that's why I say it sucks. I'm like, dude, if I want this game, I already own it. Like with bigger stars. So, but anyway, you'd rather uh, play with uh, Al Snow's head, giggity, than Rob Van Dam. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Real character and attitude, by the way, but uh, Al Snow's head. Yeah, I can't stop I saying that. about that. <laughs> well, the last few stories I got here are on the peripheral of wrestling. So let's get into it. UFC has a hearing scheduled with the Nevada State Athletic Commission this week that will determine whether they can get sanctioned. It's very possible that the future of UFC rests on whatever the decision is. If the commission decides to sanction UFC shows, the hope is that it will lead to cable companies agreeing to carry UFC events on pay-per-view again, but it's not guaranteed. And if the commission rules against them, it may very well be the death blow for UFC. My, 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 how it all works out. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, I'm going to assume there, this is, this all goes through. Cause they, I mean, Vegas is like the unofficial home for UFC. I believe maybe the official and combat sports and period. Yeah. Now look, Dude, I, can you imagine if they were like, look, uh, prostitution, like, you know, gambling. gambling. Yeah, <laughs> prostitution, gambling, you know, whatever. But you want to punch another dude in the face, you know, in a sanctioned fight, you know, get that crap out of here. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave a billion dollars off of it, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Hey, they might get brain damage. Yeah, well, the other things might give you the clap. Well, you know, whatever. Good God. But. Yeah, uh, I, I would say it works out for him, but it's just weird. A little to think bit. In, it's weird to think in the spring of 99, it's like, man, UFC might be dead. <laughs> it's also weird to think, yeah, they might be dead. And it's fast forward to 2023. Well, the same parent company owns them and WWE now. It's crazy. Right? Yeah, weird. I almost forgot about that aspect, but yeah. Uh, this is uh, not being sarcastic. Legitimately one of our favorite guys here. Uh, Bill Apter is leaving London Publishing after 28 years of doing wrestling magazines there. The old magazines in the 70s and 80s were huge for giving exposure to many promotions and helping to create stars during the territory days. Fans were able to read about stars in other places, and it helped bridge the gap when uh, they would go to work in other territories. Apter is leaving to go be the editor of the World of Wrestling magazine, which is going to be less kayfabe and more of a legit insider view of the business. I remember that magazine. You know what I remember most about it? It was huge. I mean, like, physically. It was like oh, really? 12 by, like, 10. It was a big-ass magazine, dude. Not like uh, you know, a Russian novel thick, but, like, the size <laughs> of the pages. They were huge. I don't remember. I don't know why, but it was a big huh. magazine. I wonder if he had a minimum word count, so he just filled it with bullcrap like uh, a certain uncle that I'm I'm reading about. Except for Bill Apter's a, a guy who will check respe- his sources and stuff. 
and a respectable human being that's like yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Go figure. That's a thing now. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know I'm going to get, you know, we're going to get a letter. Well, actually, Uncle, how dare you speak that way about Uncle Dave? But anyway, uh, you ready for our final story? That's uh, Dave states the obvious. <sighs> uh, I can't. I can't say it's Dave states the obvious. It's more of like, uh, it's obvious for us looking back with you know twenty twenty hindsight. I don't like the fact that we now can one name this idiot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not like Madonna and Cher and Dave. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, um, uh, here it's like Uncle Dave states like, man, he was uh, he was right on the money, but I don't know. Uncle Dave watched the latest Power Pro Wrestling shows, and he thinks this Kurt Angle fella is pretty good. <laughs> wow. Because he's, huh. because, I know, right? Because he's an Olympic gold medalist, he's going to get a push when he debuts in WWF. He worked a dark match before Raw this week, and some in the company are wanting to bring him in sooner rather than later. Despite like, only having... <laughs> the gold medalist may be good. I know it it seems kind of obvious, but it's like Mark Henry was a flop to start out. So I mean, not a wrestler, so to be fair, (laughs) right? Well, hey, they got another. Isn't uh, Gable Stevenson? Isn't he a a gold medalist? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And they made a huge deal like he's going to be the next big thing, and it's like, where the hell is he? Apparently, he sucks. I don't know, but. Either way, despite only having very limited experience, he's already able to uh, work pretty well in the ring, and he reminds Uncle Dave of a good 1970s mid-card clean-cut babyface, which, unfortunately, is not exactly the type of character that is very popular these days. Yeah. Oh, he's going to come in and be one of the most arrogant heels they have. You know, right. I'm going to go medalist. You know who I am? I'm a hero. <laughs> who says that? <laughs> Well, apparently, I, I guess that was uh, Bruce Pritchard claims that was like all WWF creative. They're like, dude, you're a heel. And he's like, no, I mean, this stuff is, is uh, you know, I'm I'm saying the, the truth. And and, you know, this is stuff you should cheer for. He's like, yeah, nobody in this day and age is going to cheer for that, man. He's like, you're this an exactly a-hole. why in 1993, 94, Bob Backlund was a heel. Yeah. Almost the like, exact same thing. It's like, dude, you're talking about. Oh, well, I'm an American hero and and, uh, you know, stay in school and all this. Like, that's not going to fly in the in the 90s, man. You know, people don't want to hear that crap. You know, they're going to they're going to boo you. You're going to be an able and and I'm too cool for school. Exactly. So, you know, people are going to boo you, boo the crap out of you, man. Just get used to it. Uh, So they because, yeah, he said they had to convince Kurt. They're like, dude, you're a heel. Trust me. All right. But anyway. That is our final story. You ready to get in the SmackDown uh, show we got in front of us? I am. All right. Well, we're about to smack it down. I haven't said that in a while. (laughs) Yeah, right. We're going to do it right after this break. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump 
is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Hey, we're back. We're back. We're uh, talking about the WWF SmackDown number one that took place April 29th, 1999 at the New Haven Coliseum in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, I do not have an attendance for this one. They never uh, really kept track. Lazy bookings. <laughs> uh, Connecticut really that was a hard one to choose, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Uh Vince just had to, you know, drive there before the show from his house. Uh the TV rating was a five point eight, which is pretty damn good. The theme song, they actually I looked this up just to make sure they didn't use because we talked about how they use Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson. They actually didn't use that until they brought it back in August. On this show, they actually did yeah, use that. I I did not know that. I thought they used it here too, but no, they're they're using that everybody on the ground song. People don't know what we're talking about. Look it up. Uh, that was the the song for a while, and that's the one I. Whenever that's I think of old song. school, yeah. When I think of SmackDown, that's honestly the song I think of is that one. And then during one of my favorite eras of SmackDown, when I I loved watching, it was um, uh, that Rise Up song by was it Drowning Pool? It was Drowning Pool, yeah. I, I love that one. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm a stickler for ACDC, so I'm going to go with uh, the one they just had. Yeah, that one was pretty cool, too. Uh, I mean, well, you just said ACDC, so there you go. But anyway. Yeah, I'm a little biased. <laughs> uh, after the opening video, a metric ton of pyro shoots off in the inside. Yeah, I mean, the I ring. thought Cody was coming out or something. <laughs> right. It sure seemed like it. But, uh, the show is actually taking place with the Raw's War set with red ring ropes. So they didn't even get a new set or, a, or ring ropes or nothing uh, for this. I, I want to say, no home into this, they taped it after Raw that week. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I want to say that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Uh, commentary is being done by Michael Cole and Jim Cornette. What an effing combo, man. And, Dude, I, you know, I listen to Cornette's podcast and he, he has some quick zingers all the time, but he even doesn't like commentary. I didn't realize that. I mean, yeah, right. It sounds like it should be obvious, but yeah, it uh, it was pretty funny. Some of the stuff he would say, and he, I mean, he was into the show. I enjoyed most of his commentary. Uh, Michael Cole, I actually enjoyed his commentary too. Like this was back during the era, you could tell he wasn't being like overly produced. So I Not forgot like about. Now. Yeah, yeah, I, and I forgot uh, that Michael Cole was. I mean, until recently, I forgot that he was ever good before he started, uh, you know, that time where you could tell Vince was just like constantly screaming at, in his ear. Listen to him call Mankind winning the first title and Eddie Guerrero winning night and day, man. Like from that, like from the overproduced era. Yeah, right. <sighs> but anyway, 
Uh, Vince and Stephanie McMahon walk to the ring together, surrounded by cops. One looks exactly like Gavin Newsom. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. I was like, whoa, wait, what? Good looking fellow. A time traveler? Uh, well, he would never be a cop. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Stephanie's just uh, had just been kidnapped and nearly sacrificed by The Undertaker, but Stone Cold Steve Austin had saved her. Vince McMahon says that he's not very proud of some of the things he's done in the past, but he's going to change. Tonight, he'll start to take control of his own company, but he's also going to take some time out for his uh, his family and those who have helped him. Vince thanks Ken Shamrock and The Big Show and Steve Austin for saving his daughter. Uh, Stephanie thanks them as well and then describes being taken, stripped, and, and uh, put in a black gown and then touched by The Undertaker. You can tell the quality of this crowd cheering when Stephanie says that she was stripped and touched. Did yeah, you notice you know, that? Funny though, I did. And first thing I'm noticing too is, man, her voice sounds like a 15 year old girl. I know. She cannot talk. Major change. <laughs> it's like her voice dropped big time within a couple of years. Uh, and uh, something else, you know, something else changed about her too. But, you know, we'll, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> I think Chris Jericho talked about that enough. <laughs> but we get interrupted. And yes, by, I got on TV, folks. <laughs> uh, they get interrupted by No Chance in Hell, and Shane McMahon comes out with Triple H, China, Big I Boss Man. I completely forgot up to this point, by the way, that they both use the same song, which made no sense to me. Yeah, I forgot about that. I'm like, yeah, Shane even enters uh, Nitro with that song too, which when they edited it out, they put it in his theme, but he did not use "Here Comes the Money" that night. Yeah, I know. Uh, there for a while, he came out to. Um, uh, the the brawl for all theme, I'm like it's kind of random to switch back to that. But uh, like when you're feuding with a guy also using the song, but anyway. they repurpose that for that one. What was that large uh, a black guy ECW? Yeah, I his the name. brawl for all theme. Yeah, they repurposed it and added some rap lyrics to it. What's oh. his name? Uh, and they do uh, no, Ezekiel something. Mac. Ezekiel Jackson? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. That is correct. <laughs> but either way, uh, he's got Triple H, China, Big Boss Man, and the Mean Street Posse with him. Right. Hell yeah. yes. Nothing says over like Pete Gas and Joey Abs. <laughs> Who always wore a sweater shirt, a sweater, by the way. Sweater vest. Oh yeah. So how do we know he had abs? Hey, I, I should have, uh, I should have loved them. They, they wore the sweater vest like, uh, like my favorite Ohio State coach. <laughs> anyway, Brian Dick? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, if anybody remembers Jim Tressel, that was like his signature. No matter what he was wearing, he had a sweater vest over it. They actually used to uh, call him the sweater vest. The guy who could beat Michigan. Yeah. No offense. Got the guy who actually won a national title with us too. <laughs> Uh, he beat the guy who would go on to be the uh, Browns head coach and sucked Butch Davis. But either way, uh, Shane gets angry with Vince and Stephanie, saying that he would have been there if Steph. Uh, he would have been there for Stephanie if anything bad would have happened. Shane says that it makes him sick that Vince is going soft and thanking people. And Shane says that he doesn't give a rat's ass about any of them. Stephanie almost cries, and Vince goes to punch Shane, but he's blocked by Triple H in China. Shane threatens Vince with a slap before telling him and Stephanie to leave. Vince and Stephanie then get escorted out by police after Vince says that Shane's acting like a child. 
Uh, yeah, shit. and even watching this during at the time, I knew it was all set up. It was obvious as hell. Yeah. Well, Shane now says that the two thorns in his side, Stone Cold and The Rock, will team up tonight against a team of his choosing. Triple H volunteers, and Shane accepts, but won't choose another corporation member. He yeah. asks, are there any takers? <laughs> and the lights drop. Aha. Yeah. Ah. I, even as a kid, even as a teenager, I would roll my eyes at that. I'm like, wow, you couldn't make it less obvious. <laughs> right. Uh, but the Ministry of Darkness theme hits, and the Undertaker appears on the Titan Tron. He says Austin ruined his dark wedding with Stephanie, so tonight he plays judge, jury, and executioner. Shane makes the tag match official for tonight's main event. After going to commentary for a while, we go to see Jeff Jarrett and Deborah walking backstage. And then the blue blazer running backstage the like out. an F. Right. And then the blue blazer runs backstage like an effing weirdo. Uh, we are now 18 minutes into a two hour show and not one single bit of wrestling has been has been taken place. Bro, nobody cares about wrestling, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was getting annoyed at this point. I'm like, dude, somebody give me a headlock like F. But this is one of the worst aspects of old school WWF, I will say. That's why I hated Raw for so many years. Like, SmackDown didn't usually start with a two-hour promo. Raw always did. I freaking hated it. But Val Venus comes out and does his usual Joel Gertner ripoff routine before Jeff Jarrett and Deborah come out. Uh, Jeff says that he doesn't know where Owen Hart is, but he'll be a replacement for him tonight. Uh, so... This one is supposed to be Val Venus versus the Blue Blazer. Uh, mm -hmm. basic. And uh, Jeff Jarrett and Deborah are in the Blazer's corner. It goes less than two and a half minutes. Deborah distracts Val at one point and then distracts the referee. Val distracts me as well. Right. I forgot to mention, by the way, the Blue Blazer does run out and start the fight. But yeah, anyway. Uh, Val you know, you know how Michael Cole refuses to acknowledge it. somebody... Oh, it's Owen Hart. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I forgot all about that. That was funny. Uh, but Val hits the blazer with a bridging fisherman suplex, but Jarrett gets in and kicks Val in the junk. Uh, the blue blazer then makes a pin to win the match. But after the match, Nicole Bass. Sense. Yeah. After the match, Nicole Bass storms the ring. Nobody knows who she is. Look her up. Uh, she was part of the whack pack from Howard Stern's old show before, you know, back when he was actually entertaining uh, for some people, not for me. I never liked, I always thought Howard Stern's show was effing stupid, but not part of that generation, I guess. Are you Gen X or are you considered a millennial? I think it's X. I think. Yeah, I think that's more like a, the alley of like Gen Xers. Well, if oh, I am a millennial, I'm not a millennial. I'll make that clear. <laughs> yeah, right. And Howard Stern was very big. Problem. Sorry. And Howard Stern was very big with Gen Xers. Uh, I I never saw the appeal. I always thought his show was stupid. Like, haha, penis jokes, whatever. But anyway, uh, so Val gets out of the ring and sprints to the back to get away from Nicole Bass. To the back. Uh, after that, we're not done yet, because the Godfather oh, why, comes why out. Why would we be? we got to do more. <laughs> more stupidity. The Godfather comes out and rushes the ring to beat up Jeff Jarrett and the Blue Blazer. 
Godfather tries to get Deborah to dance with him, which distracts him long enough like an idiot for Jarrett and Blazer to jump him and double team him. Why would they have off and just forgotten about him? <laughs> like, come on. But Jarrett actually hits the stroke, but no one calls it that because it's not technically his finisher at this point. And now we go backstage where The Rock is pacing in his locker room, apparently talking to himself about teaming with Steve Austin later tonight. Because I thought maybe he was cutting a promo, but no, he's just like walking back and forth talking shit. I'm like, okay, so is The Rock loony? <laughs> like, I know there's a camera here. Maybe they'll put this on TV. Either way, up next, Kevin Kelly, a.k.a. Hermie, is standing by with the blue blazer backstage. Wow. Uh, and if you don't like Kevin Kelly, please die. Please die. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's a Uncle Davism. Don't at me. You ever wonder why you, why you saved that for Kelly and not the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega? <laughs> man, I don't know. Cause, well, because Kevin Kelly uh, commentates his precious New Japan. So, you know, got to give him some love. Anyway, uh, the Blazer says that he's back because the WWF needs him. Kevin calls him Owen, and the Blazer says he's not Owen. He's actually looking for Owen Hart. Blue Blazer says that he's back to clean up the filthy WWF with their cleavage and other deplorables. Yes, clean up the cleavage, Blue Blazer. <laughs> oh, God, so stupid. We could get Owen Hart at this time, Greg, but no. We got the Blue Blazer. And it's sad to think he's not, he's what, a month away from death? Oh, a couple weeks, I think. Sad. But uh, now we get the big show. I feel like that's something no one ever talks about, that if he wasn't the Blue Blazer, he wouldn't be dead today, probably. Yep. They gave him that stupid gimmick, basically as a punishment, because he didn't want to work an angle where he's, like, fooling around with Deborah. So they're like, well, F you, you're going to be the Blue Blazer. Again, super mature. <laughs> but it's Big Show versus Test in less than a minute. So, does anybody else remember when Big Show was kind of over? Yeah, this was like the time. <laughs> also, keep in mind, they said he was 27 years old here, and he's like a two-time WCW champion, and he's about to main event next year's WrestleMania. Like. Yep. Meanwhile, I'm farting into my office chair recording podcasts. <laughs> oh, man. But Big Boss Man. Well, you're not Andre's son, brother. <laughs> I forgot about that. Big Boss Man comes out right away, twirl on his nightstick. No, that is not an innuendo. Uh, I did oh, put giggity in my. I pause recording. I got to do something. We're back. No what the hell? <laughs> uh, Big Joe actually hits a drop kick on test. Hits the, the showstopper and wins. After the match, Big Show twirls his nightstick behind Big Show's back, and Big Show chases him out of the ring. I know, this all sounds dirty. But once Big Show leaves, Boss Man attacks Test with the nightstick. Big Show runs back out and chases Big Boss Man away. Again. Right. Next up. Yeah. Everything you just said was real. Yep, this was so effing goofy and made everybody look dumb. Much as this show does for a lot of people. Next up, the great one, The Rock, comes out to a huge ovation. He's on a meteoric rise because the crowd is finishing his catchphrases for him. 
He says no one checks out if uh, no one checks out of the SmackDown hotel without the Rock's fist in their mouth and a foot in their ass. Jim Cornette says that's sure different than a mint on your pillow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one that lost it at that. I don't know why that was just so damn funny. It's so simple and funny. I know. It's, it's just like out of the loop. Is uh, he says that just like right away? Well, that's different than a mint on your pillow. Like what the <laughs> frick? That's awesome. Uh, but anyway, uh, The Rock then tells Stone Cold that tonight they're partners, but not friends. And if Austin crosses The Rock, he'll get the Brahma Bulls horns up his ass. Rock sure loves shoving things up asses. Did you notice that? So you just said it, but yeah. But it seems to be his thing. Everything's like, this is going up your ass. That's going up your ass. That's like, why, dude? Now we know what he's into, huh? Yeah, it's like, stay away from my butt. Like, whatever you do. But uh, Steve Austin comes out now, flips off the rock. I thought that was funny. He just, like, gets in the ring and walks past him, flipping him the bird. Uh, and says that, in his eyes, the rock will always be the snot-nosed kid spitting nursery rhymes. He threatens the rock a bit before No Chance in Hell hits again, and Shane McMahon comes out onto the stage. So we can't get enough of that. Yeah, you know, right. It's a badass song, but enough. Right. Shane reveals that if Austin and The Rock are not able to get along and uh, and says that his plans just keep getting better. The Undertaker now comes out to stand next to Shane McMahon. And Shane asks if The Rock and Austin understand what's going on. Corporation and the Ministry of Darkness now come out onto the stage. There's Midian, but he's not naked. So, boo. Uh, I was Shane then says he is introducing everyone to the corporate ministry. I never yeah. realized this was the show that, that started on. I was like, ah, okay. Makes sense. I Dude, guess. Everything about but, that whole thing was cursed. Like the whole uh, higher power obviously lasts about 10 minutes. It's completely dead. And it was being Austin. It's me all along. God dang it. That's the people telling you how bad it is, because it died quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I I don't remember. Like, I, I know they got a, a pretty cool mashup of a theme song, I thought. But it's the only thing I really remember about it. Thank but, you for uh, my point. <laughs> for you always got another my back. Non- I appreciate it. For yet another non-wrestling segment, we go backstage with Kevin Kelly standing by with X-Pac and Kane. Okay, Kevin call Kelly. me call me slow or stupid, but I didn't realize how little wrestling we got on the show. Maybe it's not registered. Oh, I'm I know. Watching it. <laughs> now, um, I think the longest match we got is coming up here in a few. The rest of them are like under Just three why, minutes long. Why a few weeks ago, I flat out told you I did not review any matches. That's another one I should have just told you. I should have just solved what I told you. There's a reason. Yeah, right. Yep, nothing. But uh, either way, Kevin points out that Kane has repeatedly lost his cool on Xbox and beat him up. And tonight, they face Xbox's former DX partners in the New Age Outlaws. So, Kevin asks where Xbox's loyalties lie. Xbox says that tonight will be unpredictable, just like Kane likes him. And now, up next... No, Kane doesn't like him. Yeah. Uh, up next... It is draws with Prince Albert, who is the Loyal now name. hit <laughs> uh, Prince Albert, who's oddly not like. Look at this guy; he's gonna be training all the future talent in WWE in a couple of like, a couple of decades. 
Like, hot damn. So too was General Rection, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He's, I don't know if he's still there. He got some uh he got oh, some he heat got... back in the day. I, who was it that like I know I think a couple people backed the story up that like as a quote unquote rib, he put a jelly donut in his butt cheeks and stink faced somebody. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I that was uh Pastor. I think I think uh, Matt Cardona backed some of that stuff up. But, yeah. Uh, not Albert, by the way. I'm talking about uh, Hugh Morris or uh, Bill DeMott, whatever the hell you want to call him. Anyway, uh, Draws is taking on D'Lo Brown with Ivory in his corner. Totally forgot that was a pairing. This goes just over three minutes long. By the way, watching this match makes me uncomfortable. A little uh, bit. Yeah. D'Lo goes up top for the lowdown, but the ref, for some reason, is completely distracted and turns his back on the wrestler's so Albert shoves D'Lo off the top rope. Later, Albert gets on the apron and Draws collides with him. Draws goes, uh, goes to check on him, and D'Lo dives on them both. Finally, D'Lo goes up top again, and Albert grabs him for a, cor- a gorilla press sit-out slam. This draws the disqualification. Ivory takes off towards the back as Draws holds D'Lo Brown. Albert opens up his briefcase to reveal piercing tools. He clamps D'Lo's tongue and is about to shove a needle through it. Right. These are all words I am saying. <laughs> uh, oh, man. When Mark Henry I, makes I his, him, don't worry. When Mark Henry runs out and makes his return, and he's in a suit, not that uh, salmon-colored suit, but a, more like a gold-colored one, and he saves D'Lo... He beats down both men, kicks the briefcase out of the ring, and brothers got a hug. No, brothers got a hug. <laughs> Mother of God, I didn't say it. <laughs> what? I didn't say now, it was bad. <laughs> I'm just not touching that one. But now, she said. Ba- backstage, uh, didn't she ever? <laughs> uh, Kevin Kelly is standing by with a New Age Outlaws. He asks if they feel uncomfortable about taking on their friend X-Pac tonight. Road Dog says, tonight it might uh, get weird. Did you catch that? They said his former friends in the last one. This one, your friends. Uh, I didn't catch that, but yeah. yeah. Like, so which one is it? <laughs> right. I'm not going to question him, though, because if I question him, I might have to go die. Exactly. Uh, but Road Dog says, tonight it might get weird because X-Pac is a close friend of his. Billy Gunn cuts him off and says, there are no friends when it comes to these titles, man. Get your head on straight. And then walks off. I was personally why offended because Daddy asked. Daddy asked. Yeah, exactly. Hey, multiple reasons. There's a reason they called him Mister Ass. Okay, it wasn't because he was a nice guy. And now he's uh, Daddy Ass. Exactly. He graduated. <laughs> I still will he never. In 2023, oh, he looks the same and is about as over. It is insane. Yeah. <laughs> insane. Yep. I, I will never not laugh, by the way, the fact that his sons come out to um, 50 Cent. Um, I'm trying to think what that. Oh, many men. They come out to many men by 50 Cent. I will never not laugh at that. <laughs> it's just. Okay. For anybody that doesn't like doesn't remember that. Song, knowledge, like the, they only came out to that once. But. Do they not anymore? I haven't seen them since. Oh, Typical AEW. Okay. I mean, it's a. It's a cool song that, like, you and I were talking about before. It's like, man, nobody has their pulse on, like, 
2005 rap like Tony Khan. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and I mean, 50 Cent was a pretty big deal, especially when this album came out. But I mean, the reason I laugh is because it's the freaking ass boys. And they come out to a song that said, many men with wish death upon me. And, like, I don't think anybody knows who you are. What is that Thanos line where he's like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> who was that? Was it Tony? No, he knew who Tony Stark was. Yeah, but who who was it where uh, they went after him and he's like, I don't even know who you are. Uh, was it Captain Marvel? No. Maybe. I don't remember. But uh, either way, this is X-Pac and Kane defending the WWF World Tag Team titles against the New Age Outlaws, Road Dog and Billy Gunn. This goes for seven minutes. This is, let me, let me check ahead here, the longest match of the night. There you go. I mean, it's for the titles. And still. I'm not stating anything obvious, I don't think, right? I saying this is the best match of the night? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, obvious statement is obvious, yeah. Can add that to my new segment? <laughs> yeah. Greg, states the obvious. <laughs> uh, we need a stinger for that. But Road Dog's pre-match spiel is incredibly over. The entire crowd shouts no! along with him. Dude, they're like going nuts for this. I'm like, hot damn. But Billy Gunn refuses to finish it, though, acting annoyed and basically saying it's all business tonight. At one point, Kane goozles the road dog and then randomly goozles X Right. And he randomly goozles X-Pac, but eventually gets taken down by the outlaws. Uh, Gunn hits the fame asser on Kane, real name. Uh, but X-Pac breaks it up. In the end, Billy presses X-Pac over his head, but Kane uppercuts Road Dog, who falls into Billy's legs, and X-Pac lands on Billy Gunn for a three count. Kind of lame, if you yeah, ask me. Very lame. Uh, I mean, kind of. How far is your bar for lame? <laughs> yeah, very well, lame. We've watched a lot of crap, so. But after the commercial break in the parking lot, Billy Gunn is going off on Road Dog. Road Dog says that there will be other matches, but Billy says there will not be other matches, at least not with Road Dog. And he storms off as agents get between them. On his way break, to the King of the Ring. Yeah, let's break up like one of the most over tag teams we've ever had. Yeah, that's smart. Freaking like, why did Vince always do this crap? And I know it's him because he this happened after uh, Doofus is freaking gone. Yep. I don't get it. And then they break up and never do anything. I am like, like 100% surprised as we sit here that Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins didn't get broken up in the draft. I am like shocked. You know what that proves? Vince doesn't have that much pull anymore when it comes to creative. <laughs> that, that's what that tells me, at least. Because otherwise, that is, a, I, that is one of Triple H's prize NXT teams. Triple H actually likes tag teams. Like and he stables. respects it. There's quite a few right. now. <laughs> right. And people pointed out they're like, look at this like they said they're actually rebuilding the women's tag division. Look at all the, the teams they actually have now. It's not just like two. Yeah, but man, the match is still woof. <laughs> yeah. Last night there was a decent one, but they're few Only- very few and very far between. Well, they got damage control. They got Liv and uh, Raquel. They've got um, they Isla just took, and Alba. They just took the only two from NXT that matter. <laughs> so can they retire uh, those titles, by the way? Oh, you're talking the uh, uh, Isla and uh, uh, Alba? Yeah, and yeah. last night they took Katana and Caden. 
Oh yeah, there's a that's another tag team, and then by the way, they not, just, to the rails, not to get off the rails here. Those two teams are facing tonight for the NXT Women's Tag Titles, and they're both on main roster. So what the hell happened to those titles? Can they please unify them because they are useless? Yeah, I was gonna say f them, bro. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, and there's uh, Cal and all the way live can be on all three shows. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and well, and then I mean, here's one that some people are sleeping on. They they called Indy up to the main roster and put her back with Candice. There you go. And Johnny, and uh, this is and uh, Dexter, and technically yeah, right. Austin Theory, but he's on SmackDown, so I guess that didn't happen either. Well, and the other ones are, are baby faces right now. So uh, whereas uh, Austin Theory is not, and I think he's I think he's doing great on his own personally, but supposed to be so, a top you know. guy. Hey, put put them back together, man. This is the way. Show them but, the way. <laughs> He's such a dork. He would use that. <laughs> yep. Dude, as soon as I heard they were called the way, I was like, oh my God, of course, that freaking nerd called them the way. <laughs> I'm not hating on it, but I mean, oh, it's I obvious. Know, but it's clear as day. He's a nerd. <laughs> nerd! Anyway, in nerd. the ring... Doc Hendricks calls out the no, brood. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Hayes says that it's time for the brood to break their silence. Dude, when Gangrel talks, uh, I think maybe he should have should have stayed silent. He does not sound intimidating. There's a he, reason. <laughs> right. He does not sound intimidating, and he blows through his lines way too quickly. He did not give it any time to breathe. Like, yikes. But Gangrel talks about how they were forbidden uh, for I've got a plan. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> uh, Gangrel talks about how they were forbidden from speaking by The Undertaker, but now they've broken away from him. Can we Doc at least that, give him some credit for that? Yeah. Oh, now all of a sudden you're speaking because we couldn't. Okay. Yeah. Least, you know, some continuity I mean, there. That, that makes sense, but don't speak. Uh, Doc says that some people don't understand the Brood's lifestyle, and he puts the mic in Christian's face. One of the best talkers here, by the way. And he just walks away. No, no, one of the best talkers now. Yeah. Not here. I mean, maybe, but we didn't hear Well, it, but... yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Edge grabs a mic, and the women in the audience lose their minds. I don't know Thank if you, you caught that. Nothing wrong with that, but... Yeah. Did you hear that? It was. It sounded like when Jeff Hardy takes his shirt off before the swanton. Uh, yeah, uh, I did hear it because I was like, oh, that sounds like a rocker's pop, which, you know, same thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but uh, Edge cuts some weird promo about making people understand and freaks coming out at night. Look, he was not good here. All right, he, he's cheapy Edge. He'll, he'll improve. But Doc then tells Gangrel that he's not sure what they're smoking, but <laughs> but this is nothing but a gimmick. And uh, you didn't see, get it from me. <laughs> yeah, right. You, you didn't get the mustache, did you? Doot, doot, doot. That'd be an up charge. <laughs> Ten dollars a dime bag. All right, got I can't go any lower. Bass Street Atlanta GA, by the way. So it's not like you know cheap stuff. Yeah, right. Uh, but this, is, everybody says this is nothing but a gimmick, and they're seeking attention. Gangrel says they're wow, not a gimmick for wrestling. Right. Gangrel says they're not a gimmick, but asks Michael if that's what he thinks. Jim Cornette then lets us know that Doc Hendricks is really Michael P.S. Hayes of the fabulous Freebirds. Good God. Uh, bro, it's a shoot, bro. Real names, bro. 
<laughs> God dang, this was stupid. I didn't even get that. Wow. Yeah. I saw this and I didn't really pick up on that. Yep. Hmm. Well, the lights drop and the brood attacks Hayes. I'm clearly not watching these for content enough. <laughs> <laughs> but when the lights come back on, Hayes is covered in red. Uh, uh, I, I want to say this is the first ever bloodbath, by the way. <laughs> well, they do it outside the ring because they didn't want to have to replace the damn yeah, ring mat. Right. <laughs> I never knew uh, I told Pritchard uh, say that. I always wondered that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only one sense. I could think of in the ring at the moment was when Austin got one at the way end of Raw, which, you know, okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of figured, by the way, when I saw that Hayes was his entire outfit was like a pale yellow, like an off white. I'm like, he's getting a bloodbath. Like, I knew it. Like, did did you have that feeling? Well, I mean, I knew. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember, but I'm like, dude, anytime anybody wears a lot of white, you know they're going to bleed. Like, See, I never piece that together because it happened to Bischoff last year when he did the Ms. Maurice uh, wedding vow renewal. He was wearing all white. I never pieced that together. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm telling all of you right now, if if somebody there are very rare occasions, but nine times out of ten, if somebody who doesn't okay. usually wear white is, that's why. They're gonna bleed. Hey, ed- educate me on this. Why why does it gotta be white? Because it shows up better. But that if, that that color wouldn't show up on like say purple or green or something? Like who the hell think about green suit besides dumb and dumber, but uh, well, that's think, my point, well, think about, why does it have to be white? Because white, uh, because red obviously is going to turn the color of white, you know, like bright red. So it's like you see it a lot better if it's soaked into a something white rather than if it's colored, you know. Okay, sure. That's why I'll I buy mean, that. It makes sense. Not to, I'll buy it. Not to be. I'm not like, being sarcastic. I swear. I just. I just. Yeah. But I mean, and when you go like skin color wise about it, uh, I mean that's why people like Devon when he bleeds. Sometimes if if the camera's pulled back, we don't really see it. Like it, they kind of have to get a close up, and it's like, ah, okay. It's he, ironic because if you ever do see him bleed, he bleeds buckets. <laughs> yep, that is correct. <laughs> anyway, in the locker rooms, Kevin Kelly asks Ken Shamrock about his upcoming street fight against Bradshaw. He reminds us that the acolytes cost Shamrock a match against the Undertaker and beat him down with a baseball bat. Shamrock says he's going to break Bradshaw's bones and beat him up tonight. I would yeah. take Shamrock in a legit fight in 1999 against Bradshaw. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet anything against him. I'll say that. But up next is Bradshaw versus Ken Shamrock in a street fight. Uh, this goes four minutes and five seconds. Uh, during Bradshaw's entrance, Ken, Ken Shamrock runs out and jumps him from behind. So we get a jump start. Once again, yeah. Shamrock beat, uh, gets Bradshaw on a knee bar. And Bradshaw flops all over trying to break it. There are some shirtless bros in the front row trying to get seen on TV. Well, it worked. Well, I was going to say, the uh, fact you said that means it worked. Yeah, right. Uh, after Shamrock has been trying to blast Bradshaw with a baseball bat, uh, Bradshaw uh, that Brad, Bradshaw actually introduced, Bradshaw finally gets to use it on Shamrock. It doesn't last long until Shamrock hits a pop fly right into Bradshaw's gut. Hits him in the in the face and then locks in a rear naked choke with the bat. Still, Bradshaw doesn't tap. Grabs a hold of referee Tim White's shirt. That's not wise. Finally, the mat. Right. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer Tim White. Finally, the match is called when Bradshaw passes out. 
Uh, Tim White can't get Ken Shamrock to break the choke. So all the referees and agents hit the ring. Shamrock finally breaks a the hold. A staple of Ken Shamrock's WWE run, by the way. Right. Shamrock finally breaks a hold and beats the piss out of Sergeant Slaughter with a baseball bat. Uh, the only one remember. who can take it. <laughs> right. I'm assuming he got suspended for this in storyline. Uh, so I'm thinking, it's like, did you need some time off? I don't know. Comes back I, soon, has a mini feud with Chris Jericho, and then it's just gone forever. Gone forever, bro. Weird. This is when he goes back to UFC, I think, and has that first fight with Cheeto. Oh, nice. And gets pummeled, thus proving his time has passed. Yeah. Bro, should have stayed old wrestling, Shamrock, man. The, uh, the old Shamrock would not have gotten his ass beat that bad. There's no way. Right. Yeah, it 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 was sad. He'd been out of he'd been out of fighting too long, man. You can't just go back against one of the the best and just well, and be like, ah, in, I can hang in two thousand three when it happens. I think Tito is the best because there's no Saint yeah. Pierre, there's no uh, Anderson Silva yet. So yeah, hard to argue that. So we've got to break away from all this mayhem to casually go back to Kevin Kelly standing by with Mankind in the boiler room. Mankind says that. He considered calling off his match tonight, but decided against it because the UPN would, quote, be out of one sports entertainment spectacular. That sounds like something Daniel Garcia says as a mockery. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Appreciate us. Uh, He says that he enjoys boiler rooms. He says he enjoys boiler rooms for the ambiance. He wears a sweaty leather mask to help him sell little dolls. (laughs) And, uh, he wears a shirt and tie because it looks so darn cool. And he said he will shove the rancid Mr. Sacco down the throat of the big boss man because the fans enjoy it. We then he- we a then- weird turn. Yeah, it's like, uh, are, are we speaking of euphemisms or are you still being literal right now? <laughs> uh, but we hear Billy Gunn looking for X-Pac in the background and Mankind says, man, what a whiner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I LOL'd at that one. I forgot to mention earlier in the night, uh, he's like doing the whole, that I told you this, man, every Russo written show, we got to have a dude going like busting through doors in the backstage yelling for somebody. Yep. And on this, on this, uh, program, I think tag team partners can get along, right? Uh, well, there was uh, Xbox and Kane. Yeah, there was Xbox and Kane where there was like uh, a little tension there. And then tag team partners <laughs> broke up with the new H outlaws. So the only thing we didn't get is a two on one handicap where the, the one beats the two. You got some boobs though, right? <laughs> uh I did we I forget now. I, I'm not forgetting now. Yeah. Uh I mean we got Stephanie, but she was fairly covered up at this point. Boo. Uh oh, we got <laughs> we got Ivory. That was about it. Oh, and uh and Deborah. And I, I guess oh, we, yeah. got see, we got to see. We got to see we had a lot the, of those euphemisms. Yeah, and we got to see the um, uh, the working ladies, if you will, of, of the Godfather. Oh, <laughs> I'll just, yeah. I'll the just put it that way. <laughs> yes, yes, the escorts. Uh, but we oh. now get a view inside of a large locker room where Shane McMahon <laughs> is giving a pep talk to the corporate ministry. You know, because when you got The Undertaker standing there, you're always going to look to Shane McMahon for a motivational speech before a match. I don't know why you're giggling at that, but okay. <laughs> I forgot, Greg. He is the best in the world. I, I completely forgot. Lest who, uh, we forget. Who, who tore his quad wrestling against the guy he beat for that title. <laughs> <laughs> he did one 
he did one move and blows out his freaking knee or whatever quad. Dude, they actually had footage like somebody at ringside was like filming and you can see like a camera dude giving uh, Snoop Dogg instructions on the other side of the ring after that happens. Kevin, dude, Kevin Dunn had to have been having a conniption fit backstage. He's like, oh, my God, said Snoop Dogg. <laughs> well, he owns half of L.A., so it worked. Yeah, right. Hey, you know what, man? Snoop Dogg, I, got, I give him credit for being such a professional with this. Like, uh, that happens. Everybody's like, what the hell? And then, like, you see the cameraman. He's literally up on the apron yelling, punch him. Punch him in the face. And Snoop Dogg just goes up and bam. He just looked yeah. a lot more comfortable than he did on AEW. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, people jumped on that one. They're like, man, that's another AEW jump. <laughs> <laughs> That was him, Cody, little Brody. Yeah, oh, right. Man. They're loaded, man. I know. There's got to be like one or two others that we're missing. But yeah, that was those, those were the main ones. But this next match, it is... Little big Brody bo- has a legit contract, doesn't he? As far as or, I know, yeah. That's or, why I was confused. or a future promised one. Right. That's why I was a little confused. I was like, so is that contract? Is that literally like nothing? Is this like written in crayon? Not notarized? Uh, like, <laughs> I don't know. No, but I still thought you didn't take on Jerry McDivitt. Go ahead, have fun. If if anybody financially can compete as far as uh, money the with uh, McMahon, I don't even complete what you're about to say. Well, the the cons have about as much money, at least uh, Shad does, as Vince McMahon. So, yeah, you mean a little liberal with the cons there? Yeah, uh, Shad Con has enough has enough money to compete with Vince. He. <laughs> I, I don't know. What it's kind not of like the Trumps who, you know, whose kids actually make their own money. Make that clear. But uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, Tony's taking over daddy's business at, at doing a piss poor job, I think. But, you know, he's he's yeah, doing his, it. Uh, his uh, Jags did some damage this year in the playoffs. So that, there is that. I'm not being sarcastic. They were, they, they were decent. So. Yep. The, one of the biggest jokes in the league. There you go. And uh, they actually they actually ah, did halfway decent. That's you and I sitting there dreaming right there. <laughs> <laughs> right. But this one is the big boss man versus mankind. It goes for about a minute and a half. Go figure. We get a jump start with this one. Mankind <sighs> goes to use Mr. Socko, but big boss man takes a powder. Test runs out and shoves boss man back in the ring. Uh, but the match didn't end. Big boss man tries to take a powder again, but big show it now walks out. Cause you know, we got to have, more people involved in this minute and a half. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Big Show now walks out and literally press slams the boss man back, back into the ring. How is that not a disqualification? You know, since the beginning of time wrestling, throwing someone in the ring has never been a disqualification. You ever notice that? Any company. Yeah, any, item, I mean, any channel. I guess if you're shoving them in the ring, but he literally picked him up and threw his ass. It's like, is that the same thing? I don't think that constitutes a strike i guess it's just i don't know they're being like super liberal with this here it's like wow he didn't technically hit him see this is when this is when the wb marketing has to say well you know you can't laugh at AEW all the time with this crap because they have started it (laughs) exactly what was uh i know jim Cornette complains about this stuff but it's like uh yeah it's like you're not you know totally guilt-free of this kind of goofy crap either jim so but it's like, man, they're really pushing the envelope yeah, here with like this is the guy that wrestled Ninja Turtles and did stuff like uh, that. So anyway, mankind locks in the Sako Claw for the submission victory. Yay! 
you have anything to say about this? What the hell do you think I'm going to say about this? Suck. This was a segment that had a bell. <laughs> and a they, Batman. It was a one-on-one match that went a minute and a half, and they crammed four people into it. <laughs> like, why? Oh, man. Why not? Yeah, yeah. That, that, Shut your face. I, I guess you could say that. <laughs> well, you know why, because... Me, right? Yeah. I would say this is the day I met you, so... Exactly. <sighs> but backstage, Billy Gunn finds X-Pac in, wait for it, the locker room. <gasps> I know. I was shocked, too. What the hell would he be doing there? I know, like, wait, hello! You you were in the one place you were supposed to be? And I've been looking all over, like, what the hell's going on here? Cameraman <laughs> following him? <laughs> Just makes Billy Gunn look like a freaking idiot. But... Either way, so he jumps X-Pac and beats him down until Kane pulls him off. Billy says he's not finished with them yet and takes off. I'm not finished with you! <laughs> Good God. What the hell? I'm just gonna jump you right here in front of your tag team partner that's a monster, and then, you know, it's like, oh, wait a minute. I- I'm gonna run away now. Okay. But we now see the Trying rock... Trying to figure and- out the logic, it's just, it's just ADC on your part, but whatever. That... Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty true. But we now see The Rock and then Steve Austin walking through the halls. The Rock hocks a damn loogie in the middle of the hall. What the fuck? No one else's problem now, huh? <laughs> that's pretty effing nasty. <laughs> like, and I'm like, there weren't a, there weren't any trash cans around him either. So just you know, right there in the middle of the hall, I'm like, what? Are you an animal? I know you call yourself the Brahma Bull, but what the hell, man? Ah, taking it a little literally. <laughs> there might have been a spit bucket there. You don't know. It wasn't focused on the ground. <laughs> uh, the Rock needs to pay a dude just to follow him around holding a bucket. Like, I need to spit. Hold it up. <laughs> That's anyway. deadly accuracy, then. <laughs> yeah, right. We're going to take uh, our second to last break and get into the main event after this. So... Uh, Stick around after this break. We're almost done. One more match to go. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared the room. Shared a room. We shared the room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Hey, hey, it's all right. Good on you. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Main 
event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. This one is the main event. It's Triple H and The Undertaker with China, the Main Street Posse, and Shane McMahon in their corner. Taking on what a group, huh? Yeah, right. That's a, a hell of an of, a motley uh, crew. Yeah, that's a hell of an escort you got there. Uh, but they're taking on The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. This goes for five minutes. So The Rock starts the match by himself, getting beat down by The Undertaker and Triple H together. Austin's music finally hits, and Triple H meets him on the ramp. Finally, I guess the match starts, and tags are more meaningless than they are in AEW. <laughs> I've got to say, another uh, sign of stupidity right here is The Rock just, like, went at it. It's like, like, wait for your partner, brah. Like, you're just going to, like, stand in the middle of the ring. It's like, come at me. Come me, bro. Right. right. But this one ends when the entire corporate ministry hits the ring to attack Austin and Rock. So yet again, another BS finish. But after the match, we can't get enough of these guys. Test, oh, nobody cares about finishes, bro. <laughs> I guess not. Uh, Test, Big Show, and Ken Shamrock all run out to chase the corporate ministry off. I'm going to talk about a motley crew right there, man. Uh, Triple that's, H- uh, that's the union, right? I believe so. They're yeah. about to. Right. Uh, Triple H and The Undertaker then continue to fight with Austin and Rock in and out of the ring. Shane McMahon grabs a chair and slides it into The Undertaker. Vince McMahon runs out now and punches Chain down. Vince then grabs a chair from The Undertaker, but Undertaker pulls it back and cracks Vince in the head with it, knocking him the fuck out. Like he just lamb-basted Vince, man. man. You think the check didn't clear or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, hey, you remember when you made me drop the title like after two days to Hulk Hogan? Bam! <laughs> Teaching like, you son I've- of a bitch. I've been holding that in for seven years, Vince. (laughs) Uh, But Austin now hits a Stone Cold Stunner on The Undertaker before Shane gets in the ring and gets beat up and knocked out. uh, Excuse me, he beats up the knocked out Vince. Austin then gets in Shane's face, flips him off, chases him around the ring, and then hits the Stone Cold Stunner on him as well. Austin has a beer bash, and he pours beer in Vince's face to wake him up as we close the show. (laughs) This is another thing, like, Vince took one for the team, I guess. Because doesn't it come out that he's, like, isn't the higher power coming up? Very soon, I think, yeah. Yeah, so Vince just took one for the team here. All right. Not the first time he's done it either. He let hit the rock, beat the crap out of the Survivor Series 98. Yeah, just thus showing that uh, most of these storylines are like, bro, we'll figure it out when we get there. I don't know what to say, man. Is there anything to say? You're at such a loss for words. I love it. <laughs> it's just so stupid. I'm like, why? Why is Because this? why not? Well, you know why it is, because... me, right? Yep. There you go. But anyway, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, it's final ratings time. And we're going to tell you what's coming up in the future on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. 
Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hey, gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back final ratings time internet movie database gave the show eight out of ten cage match gave <laughs> cage gave it a 7.19 out of 10 uh for the time i'm trying to be fair i gave it a 7.5 for C, what say you? I think I gave it a D plus. Oh wow! I will say, show sucked, dude. <laughs> the introduction of the corporate ministry uh, and a couple of matches on the show were so-so. But yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm trying to be fair. At the time, this was pretty standard fare. You didn't get a lot of shows that were like, man, there was a lot of great wrestling and a, a ton of cool stuff happened. It's like you'd get like one cool thing per show if you're lucky and, yeah and you might get a good match and it's like man that was an amazing episode of raw <laughs> like i didn't realize that until we started doing this podcast like all the ones that are like man, that was such a great episode of raw it's like it was like two things happened that really made that show the rest of it was kind of throwaway bullcrap i don't know but it well, is okay for the good stuff bro yeah right well, that does it for that one. We did have to change our uh, schedule up just a little bit for next week because... Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are now wondering. Yeah, well, they're, they're like, I don't know. But, uh, In your head, they are. Don't don't sit there and joke. Because that's why you're about to plug yeah. it the hell out of it right now. Well, I, I'm just going to let you all know that we did change. It was originally War of the Worlds 2014. We bumped it back to the previous year in for an April show. Closing out the month of May tomorrow, or uh, this coming Wednesday, I should say. Uh, on May 31st, it is ROH Supercard of Honor 7 from April 5th, 2013. This, this one, we I wanted to stick with an ROH show just because we've never reviewed one on the show before. So I want to stick with that. 2013 was, uh, this was an interesting time. I got some news for it. And you were physically at this show. So yep. I felt it made for just a, a, a good mix. I watched it back. Show's pretty damn good. 
still holds up today. So we'll discuss all of that. And it's funny seeing some of the people that it's like, man, I remember back when, you know, like they've moved on to bigger and better things. Specifically one guy in the main event, but either way. But that is on May 31st. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, this was definitely a pilot. And you got to think, UPN saw this. So it was like, we want this every week. So there's that. But anyway. Rumor has it's the same people running uh, Warner Brothers Discovery now. So there's that. Yep. Hey. Piece that together. Hey, uh, this became this became one of the stations that morphed into what is now the CW. And the CW, according to the higher-ups there, never made them a dime to this day. Even successful shows were not enough to put that that network in the black. So, think about that. Either way. Uh, but that does it for us. We will see you Wednesday with ROH Supercard of Honor 7 from 2013.